Warning, if you're faint of heart or easily offended, this show is not for you. I don't want to go online. I got you here. My casino records are, have been released, like live. So if they've been released, why not say it? I, I, beat, I beat Vegas uh, in the last 24 months that I played. I beat them for a little over 30 million. Fair enough. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. That's what it's, it's, I know. It just sounds weird. I don't, you know. I'm asking. It's not like you're bragging. Yeah. <clears throat> if they're public records, like, this is what we're here for. I beat them suckers. Yeah, okay. <laughs> See, tell the truth. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to the Nick Fertucci Show. I am Nick Fertucci, and I am here with Mickey. Mickey, how are you? I'm good. Hey, I'm listen, man. Good. You, I've been the people that have been watching my podcast have been asking for you. Like when they say, "Hey, can you get this person? This person? Your name always comes up." You're finally here. Uh, I contacted you a few days ago. We kind of booked this thing pretty easy, and and I'm excited, dude. We got a shitload to unpack here. Like a shitload. I've been, you know, for those of you watching and obviously know who Mickey is, you know that there's all these outrageous stories about him. Um, I asked him to send me some information because I, I got to have some information on this cat, right? And you sent me a bunch of stuff, but nothing really, uh, like you've been reluctant to tell me anything about you that's in the positive. So you actually put me to the test and I've now watched all these YouTube videos. Uh, we'll get to them. Um, uh, did research. I've read a bunch of articles. So I have a bunch of stuff here that I want to go over. Of course, whatever is true, you let me know. Whatever is not true, you let me know. And I'll do my best to get it all out. So the first thing I have here is where you, and, and I'm going to try to go back as far as I can of shit that I found. You were expelled in high school. Yeah, I was expelled you were from so many schools uh, that they ended up putting me in those, um, what do they call those, like, uh, special schools we call the teacher by their first name. Yeah. And even those I got expelled from. Why, though? I was just, like, a pretty reckless kid. I was, like, uh, you know, reckless without abandonment. I was just, um, I don't know, I just always had this, like, incredible, like, energy inside mm -hmm. of me. It was, like, almost, like, in my brain that I didn't know how to, like, um, cope with or whatever. So I would just, like... I would try anything as I got older to like relieve myself of this energy. And a lot of times it was just like physical acting out, you know, like fighting or, uh, you know, like selling drugs, like whatever it was, just like this, like, I just wanted to constantly be in motion, you know, try to get my brain always working. It was what were you looking to, uh, were you looking to challenge authority or did you have a chip on your shoulder? Like energy is one thing, but you could use energy for positive, right? I could. And I did a lot, you know, I, I did. You know, I did like create some like pretty big accomplishments in my life, even in my childhood yeah. uh, and in my adulthood, which is like what brought me to like this sure, sure. level of publicness or whatever. Yeah. But I, when I was growing up, like nobody can explain to me. I couldn't even explain the feelings that I had. Yeah. And uh, so nobody can tell me, oh, this is how you can fix it. They're like, oh, just study really hard and all that uh -huh. energy will be like circumvented in, into, you know, educational success or whatever it is, academics. Yeah. Nobody can tell me that. So I would try anything. Sometimes it was like, you know, physically fighting. Sometimes it was uh, like, like I would just like yell or, or, or talk. So you were or, just trying to figure something out, but you didn't know what it was. Yeah, yeah You exactly. had something in there that you just couldn't contain and that you could understand. Correct. How, did maturity, like growing up, getting older, life experience, has that 
like helped you figure it out? Like how did that change? Was there a pivot point? Um, well, you know, I used to like party a lot, you know, like, uh, um, you know, like, you know, use substances and, and, and drink too much stuff like that. I can yeah. tell you, I use that as a way to try to like numb down like the noise and the energy in my head to try to like numb me out a little mm. and that worked. But then it got me in other types of trouble that were natural to that lifestyle. It wasn't even like this energy anymore getting me in trouble. And then when I, you know, I, I dried out, I, I'm straight edge now. I don't drink, I don't smoke. I don't even say, nothing. Cur- I don't even say curse words. I don't go to strip clubs. I don't eat sugar. I don't drink caffeine. Nothing. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. When when did you pivot to that complete straight edge? Um, what's today's day? I think uh, tomorrow. What well, t- what is today? So we could let them know when we're doing this. Today is December tenth. Tenth, okay. And uh, tomorrow will mark seven years exactly. Actually, that you've been straight edge like that. Yeah. And what was the pivot point? You just said I want to be different. I was just so beat down. Yeah. Uh, I had like you know ran full speed head first into a wall yeah. the first time you know and i'd be like oh that sucks i shouldn't do it again and it was almost like i forgot the pain of running into that wall so i'd do everything that brought me back and run back into it and i'd be like okay i got to stop and eventually i just was so beaten down by banging my head i was just like something has to change yeah it's just you had that point that pivot point where you're just yeah. like it's this or that right right and you're a motocross racer is that how mm-hmm. is that were you toying with that recently yeah, I just uh, shattered my collarbone. Actually, you want to see it? The bone's sticking out. Yeah, let's check it out. Here, look. Can you see from here? That's the bone right there. What? what how old are you? Uh, I usually don't say my age, but... Uh, Can you get a range? I'm between 25 and 35. <laughs> you're like a chick. Why don't you yeah, say yeah. your age? You don't have to say it, but what's your purpose? Um, you know, this whole like being a public figure thing is still really new to me. I was always super private my whole life, which okay. is which was an interesting take when I when I joined social media and I and I went so viral so quickly and like this fame came. Yeah. It was like people couldn't believe it. It was like we never heard of him before. Like how can all of a sudden he be so successful? Where yeah, was yeah. his this, where this was is, this come is, up? This is a bunch of cap. It's a bunch yeah. of bullshit. Right. So so I is was Is it okay if I cuss? Yeah, I don't care. Okay. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. 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 And uh yeah, so it was like this. Um, for me, it came so fast, so big, so heavy. And I was like, I don't know where I'm comfortable yet. Yeah, you know, like uh, I use like my nickname. My nickname is Mickey, right? So that's been my nickname since I was a kid. So I still go by that. So not, you know, my real my real name's not hard to find. Like it's like I put it out there before. Yeah, I know, I've seen it. Yeah, so you can say it if you want. If not, I don't care. Doesn't matter. I, no, I I'm still working on where I'm comfortable, where I'm not. So be- yeah. you know, before social media, nobody knew my name, nobody knew my age, nobody knew what yeah. city I lived in, nobody knew anything, and that's where I was comfortable. Yeah. And now it's like so much so fast. I'm still tr- it's like overwhelming. I'm still trying to get there. But the weird thing is, and this is just a read. This isn't from you. A weird thing is though, there's a part of you that is leaning into this popularity. So it's not like you're just trying to dodge it. You are leaning into it, but you're saying you're leaning into it for whatever purposes you want you, that you have. We'll talk about it. But as you lean into it, you're like, oh, shit, I don't know if I love part of this. Yeah, you know, it's so weird about this that I never really thought about is like a child star. I only watched as a consumer them ruin li- their own lives and, and do crazy things and then grow up and then be this, be that. I didn't realize till now People grow, right? And they change, especially a child star. So they're not realizing or prepared for the whole right. world to hold every decision they ever make against them. So now, like when I first started Instagram, you know, I had less than a thousand followers. You know, I just started. And to me, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like 700 people know who I am. Like yeah. these are all my friends or distant yeah. friends of friends. Yeah. I could say anything I want because we're just friends. But then, you know, two years later, 
you know, and I'm doing like, you know, uh, an interview for TMZ or whatever it is. And somebody says, hey, in 2000, whatever, didn't you have this opinion? But now you're saying this. And I'm like, well, man, that was a few years ago. I changed my mind, you yeah, know, yeah. and, and you, it's really hard to change your mind. So once something's out there, you say it or the first thing that's someone thinks or says or you do, it's like locked. Yeah, yeah, Even exactly. Even though it's not. Yeah, exactly. In real life, we all change, you know. Yeah, like, so true. Yeah, we God, grow that's up. That's so true. Yeah, we grow up, but what's out there on the internet and, and in the existence of the realm, like right. that doesn't, like that will always be there, you know. Yeah, and it's funny because, you know, like before I started Hustler Casino Live a year ago, I played a little bit on Live at the Bike and got a little bit of exposure, but I was just a happy wreck on a Friday or a Tuesday and doing my thing, running my businesses. And then, you know, one of my dreams and goals was just to start a poker show. I have done that. And one of my other goals was to start the number one poker show out there in the world. And You've I have done, done that. that. Yeah, congratulations. But thank you very much. Yeah. But here's the rub. Like you say, I wasn't prepared for people now seeing me knowing who I am because you get people I, I know this you know that you walk around hey it's thanks for the show I'm so happy you know and then I just have so many people just bashing the shit out of me for whatever reasons right this point or that point or what so kind of like you like I'm I leaned into wanting to do this and then I wasn't prepared uh, at all because I don't know about you and I've said this before I'm really kind of sensitive when it comes to some of that stuff yeah. and at the same time and I know you've mentioned this I really don't give a fuck but part of me does so there's this weird pull in this dichotomy that fights against each other and it sucks that's exactly the right word to use the dichotomy it's like I always felt like I don't care like I really just same. don't right I feel like I live on this level of exist this plane of existence that most people will never ever experience they'll never be in certain rooms that i'm in right yeah and they'll never know what it's like so why would i ever care but sometimes something inside of me is like hey man how i don't know why you don't like me you know like 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 that's not nice to say that about me and it yeah, hurts my feelings nice. yeah it's just not nice yeah and then internally i have this weird conflict like do i care and if i don't care then why do i feel sensitive to it why same. Why do I care if they're not nice? I swear, same. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's a weird thing. Um, uh, you know something else I I looked up or or came, someone mentioned to me, and I don't know if you said it on a show. I don't know if this is true, but and this makes sense to me because a lot of a lot of kids and a lot of even people that. Um, have a past like you they're fucking highly intelligent and is it true that like you scored i think it was somewhere in high school of like the top 0.01 percent of like genius level uh yeah i did there was um there was a uh, two articles written about this actually yeah um it's a weird thing to uh like discuss uh but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm bringing it up. I know, I know. By talking to you a little bit and trying to get some info out of you, you were very reluctant to uh, brag. To be honest with you, so so I'm pulling a lot of this out of you. So if I ask it and it's true, like lean into it because it, it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting <laughs> thing. You know, you don't look like someone that would be a genius. Uh, no offense. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, is that you know? I mean, that's so fair. You just it's never fair. know, right? Uh, yeah. So um, I I. Uh, I took all the tests yeah. and uh, they all came back uh, with the uh, uh, high IQ and high intelligence. Yeah. Uh, genius. Yeah. Genius. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. So that's cool. I said yeah. it, not you. So don't yeah. sweat it. Yeah. Um, you, 
right. So something else that you obviously were arrested young. You were incarcerated. Yeah, yeah. that's troublemaker. cool. Yeah, troublemaker. Yeah. But while you were in jail, <clears throat> you got your GED and you applied for a bunch of colleges. So yeah. Is that the, like, is that when you said, oh, shit, I should like change some things? Nah, here? I wish. Bro. Listen no, to it wasn't. This, so. You weren't ready yet. But nah. why did you do that then? So I, I had uh, for like high school, I was um, accepted and to go to Rutgers Preparatory School. And I just couldn't behave long enough to get in there. You know, I was there, like I was in, and I just couldn't keep it together. And everybody was like, this is, we're going to light this up on fire. And everybody around me was like, hopefully he just like behaves before he has to go to college, before university. But if he blows this up at Rutgers Preparatory School, he's he's going to have a lot of trouble in college. So they're like, let's keep him out of there for high school. So if he keeps getting in trouble, it's like less you know, less people will know about it and come college. Hopefully I, I sharp, you know, I, I clean up and whatever. So, uh, instead I ended up getting incarcerated. So I had skipped the initial college phase. Mm-hmm. I didn't graduate high school and, uh, I was incarcerated and I was in there for a little while. And, uh, this particular time I was on a pro violation and I was like, bro, like I was just like, all my friends are in college or all in university. They're mm-hmm. all, you know, at, wherever they're at. And I'm like here in jail. You yeah. know, and, and I'm just like a kid. And yeah. How I'm old there. were you at that moment? <clears throat> I was 19. Okay. I was eight. I was 19. I was 19. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I'm a teenager. I'm 19 and I'm around all these like 50 year old men, you know, incarcerated whose whole life they spent in there, you know, and like that was it for them. And it's it, a it's a wake up moment, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, it I'm was, not saying it you was, changed your whole life right it, there, it but was it's a, something it was a you moment noticed. That I, it was something I noticed enough to take action. Yeah, some clarity about, yeah. whoa, what could, this could be my life. Right. So while I was in there, I didn't graduate high school like uh, regular. So I said, okay, I, I want to go to college. I want to be a normal kid. And I thought like going to college would like fix me. Yeah. So I, uh, I, studied, I took it upon myself. I went to the law library. I was getting books and I was studying the GED test. Right. They, they're big pushers of the GED, you know, in the institutions. Yeah, they want to have stats like they're rehabilitating yeah. and all that right. shit. Right. Yeah. So that part was easy for me to get a hold of the literature. Yeah. So I studied and I took my GED and I passed. Uh, I studied, I took my SATs and I passed. Uh, I got a, um, don't quote me, but I think I scored a 1600 on my SATs. Uh, And I also think this is before they have the, now I think most of the kids are gonna think like that's regular. But if you remember when you took your SATs, it was only at 1800. Now I now they do it at like I don't know what 3200 or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, yeah, I get it. So so I scored something like a 1600 on the SATs, and I applied to five uh, universities, and uh, I, I did get accepted to all five of them. No shit. Uh, yeah, I went uh, I went to the uh, parole board, and I tried to get reparoled, and they all turned me down. So Even I'd, with the like I'm gonna go to college thing. Yeah, yeah, I was pretty reckless. I like I would show up to parole hearings with, like black eyes, like I was. Yeah. I was a, still a troublemaker, but I had like aspirations, you know? Yeah. Uh, but what I had to do is interesting because I couldn't have the university seeing like the jail address, you know? They couldn't like send it to such right, and such right. institution care of. Yeah, you know? cell block number eight. Yeah, exactly. So what I used to do is I would get all, the, my grandfather would be like the intermediary. So he would receive all the paperwork, mm. ask me to his house, forward it to me, uh, you know, in, and yeah, I would yeah. send it back to him. Totally. So the stampage was always a residence. Nice. Yeah, nice. but I got accepted to all five, but I, I, I didn't get reproled. Yeah. How long, how many months or years did you do of jail in your whole life? Uh, not too, too many. I did uh, maybe like a, I think I served three and a half or three and a quarter, three and a half years. Three and a half, yeah. Yeah. It's still long. I mean, I know yeah. it's not like 15, 20, 30 years, but like three and a half years to sit in one place, man. The bigger issue for me is if you look at it at a percentage base based on my life, when I was that young, like I did a year, I did 364 days mm-hmm. when I was 15. 
So at 15 to do a year, that's a 15th of my life. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, so three and a half years by age, whatever I was, 21, oh, you yeah. know. That's it's, a good chunk. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I'm, gonna tr I'm trying to piece these things together that I found out about you. And if they go in different order, just correct me. But mm -hmm. then I think from there, you got out and you moved on to New Jersey with a cellmate. And you started selling yeah, yeah. some uh, things. Yeah, I think I talked about this in my first No Jumper interview. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so my bunkie, uh, rest in peace, uh, he, he had died a few years, uh, not too long ago. Uh, so he and I got really close in there. And, uh, when we both got out around the same time, uh, we moved in together. We lived in, uh, we moved into the, you know, he was from the ghetto. I moved back into the ghetto. I was like, I didn't come from the ghetto. So I was like in and out of that by choice. You know, yeah. most of my life until but I, you moved with him into the ghetto. Yeah, and yeah. Started trapping. We started trapping. Yeah, yeah. So we uh we were just trapping. You know, we were committing crime and getting by and hustling. Were you afraid to? Just a straight question. Were you afraid to come out of jail and do that, knowing what it felt like to be in jail? Like, you know, that's usually when you come out and go, shit, I don't want to do that again. Like, what? How how do you how do you take that risk being on parole and like I don't get it. Um, I mean, for me, I don't get it. I know it happens every day. But I'm just wondering what the mindset is of that because I know if I spent a year in jail and I got out, like I would probably be thinking I got to do everything never to go back in there. I I knew that I had above average intelligence and I think that got me in trouble a lot. Like I knew going into it that that I was going to probably be the most intellectual of all the drug dealers, right? And right. I just I really thought that that was going to lead me to success. Uh, my biggest issue, I didn't get caught. It wasn't like, you know, that. Did my, you think you were too smart to get caught? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And my father used to say I'm too smart for my own good all the time. Yeah. You know, uh, but and I was also young and dumb. So yeah. we're combination. So, yeah. So no matter, you know, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, like totally. inexperienced of life. Yeah. So I, I, I knew that I had, you know, the, the stats of, of genius intelligence. Like I knew these things and going into there, I thought that I can outsmart the system. I can find a way to be above it all. Totally. Not realizing that it's, this thing has been proven for so many years. Like the feds have been prepared, you know, for every caliber of person committing crime. You know, there's yeah, like a very yeah, yeah. You textbook they, version. You, if you thought it, they've thought it. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But that's actually not what happened. What happened was, uh, you probably, you know, uh, like Biggie says, rule number four, you know, I heard this before, never get high on your own supply. No, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I fell victim to that. And that's, uh, that's really what brought me down. It wasn't the feds. Uh, but, but what then, was your drug of choice? I, I sort of liked everything. I don't yeah. want to get into too much graphic detail, but but I I had a very um, I had a very powerful like uh, combination of choice. Okay, but you yeah. don't want to say what it is. No, it's okay. I, I think it's I think it I think I think it's too it's too aggressive. It's too it's too like flagrant. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and how long did that last? And why? And then f you wound up on Wall Street. But how do you transition from selling drugs to going on Wall Street? Like I don't get it. Yeah. Explain um, it to me. I again decided to try to like clean up my life, so I moved on. What was but but what was the pivot point, and how long did you sell drugs in New Jersey? And then when did you say, uh, yeah, I'm gotta like now change again? What what why what why and when? Well, I started selling drugs in New Jersey when I was 12, and when I left from the trap and and headed to New York, I was um. But from what I like understand, you got out of jail and went with your celly and started selling right. in Jersey. So uh, how long did you do that and why did you stop? Maybe maybe for about a year we lived together running that trap. 
And I just had like this moment of clarity. I like remember specifically like uh, there was a lot of people downstairs and I went up to my room and I laid down for like two seconds and I like sprung up and just something, it, I said it out loud even though I was in my room alone and I said, I need to get the F out of here. Ah. And I don't know where this voice came. I don't know like where it came. It was just like this weird moment where I yeah, just was like, moment. I was like, this is just not it. You were done with it. Yeah. Yeah, and I called uh, I called my boy Frank, and uh, I said, Frank, it was like the middle of the night, I said, Frank, I need you to come pick me up, I'll pay you, like, you don't even believe, I'll pay you in drugs if you want, I need you to come get me right now, and he came and he picked me up, and uh, he we didn't know where we were going, I didn't, like, have, like, family, like, in my corner, I didn't have this, and so we just dr started driving back to his town, and I knew someone who lived not far from there that I used to party with, and I called him, and he happened to be up, and his name's Lance, I said, Lance, can I come over till I figure something out, yeah. he goes, whatever you want, bro, so I came, I paid everybody, like, everybody was happy to have me, yeah, the next day came, uh, and uh, that was sort of like the mark to like getting onto like uh, cleaning up again. That's cool. And then, and then from there, you wound up on Wall Street, or was there another? Was there something in between? I don't remember exactly. Uh, I'm trying to think. How actually. old were you when when when? How and how old were you, and how did you wind up in a situation like that from your past? How'd you wind up on Wall Street? Some, just so, some kid who wound up in jail and then selling drugs. And now you're on Wall Street. How, just how does that happen? So I I uh, got I got into this house. It was like a it was like a it was like a halfway house mm -hmm. uh, in Montclair, New Jersey. And when I was in there, I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew like I had to pay rent. They gave me some grace period. I had some cash, you know. And they were like, you have to get a job and you have to like do all these things. Yeah. So I was just sitting on my phone and I was just like looking for work, looking for work, looking for work. And I didn't know. I just started calling everybody. And I called this place called Wallace Morgan. Like I didn't even know anything. They answered and they get, they said, no problem. What's your experience? And I probably kind of talked my way through it. And they said, you know, let's do a phone interview. I did a phone interview. They said, okay, awesome. Can you come in for an in-person interview? I said, fine. They sent me the location and it was 60 Exchange Place. For anyone who doesn't know New York, that means Wall Street. Like Wall Street's an actual street. This is called yeah, yeah, Wall yeah. Street, right? Yeah. So, and Wall Street has all these intersections mm -hmm. in the financial district, and right. one of them is Exchange Place. So the building's at 60 Exchange Place, which I already know means Wall Street's a financial district. And I'm thinking to myself, like, this is kind of crazy. And I go in there, I put on like a button down and some slacks and whatever, and I obviously have face tattoos. I was going to say, you had all these tattoos. Not all yeah. of these, but I definitely had Enough. face tattoos. I had neck, face, and hands for sure. A little bit less, but definitely but had some. it was still some. there, yeah. It was still there, yeah. And I showed up, and... Uh, the there was like a, a team leader his name was Raymond and then there was uh like a, a division supervi supervisor I forget this kid's name I think it might have been Wills some Asian guy I forget and I did my initial thing with Raymond and Raymond's like you're great but I don't see how we're gonna make this work what was this did they know that you uh, were uh, a criminal past in the past no did they have that information no so either they either they didn't ask or I lied but they okay didn't know. yeah yeah so what why wouldn't it work out? Was it the appearance? Because yeah. it's a phone gig, right? Yeah. Well, they're like, you you know, they're like, at the time, you're still, I was still a kid. You know, they're like, you're a kid. Mm. You have face tattoos. You have no actual experience. Yeah, yeah. You just have this raw talent. And they're like, yeah. there's other people that have similar talent that meet the rest of the criteria. Yeah, yeah. We're, they were afraid to take a chance on you. Yeah. They're like, we're probably mm. going to have to pass and take a safer bet. You know, someone that fits, checks all the box. Totally. Yeah. And I, and I really spoke to Raymond. The thing with Raymond, I think I got lucky. He, uh, before working at this firm, he started as a kid. He was he uh, was a barber, started his own barber shop, had a few of them. And then one of his barber shops, he converted into a tattoo shop. Mm. This is before he was working for the firm while he was still young. So he was like pretty hip to the yeah. fact to so look he, past him. He had to like check his boxes, but he kind of 
kind of you kind of resonated with him. Exactly. Got it. You got lucky. Yeah, exactly right. So yeah. I think I lucked out, and I think I like really had a place in his heart. And he's like, he saw the talent, or he believed that I had talent. Yeah. And, you know, me and him talk like at length, and he goes, I, I don't know, man, but regardless, there's a series of interviews. You don't just get the job. I said fine, so I went home, and he called me like, however, next day or whatever, and he goes, Can you come in for another job with the supervisor? I didn't tell him any of your downfalls yet. You know, mm -hmm. I said okay, and I came in, and he was like. You know, oh, looking shit. at me. Seeing you walking in, he's like, oh, man. Yeah, he's like, let's make this fast, kid. I got, you got important people <laughs> yeah. to see. But by the end of the interview, he was really like, wow, like you might. He was leaning into you because he yeah. started liking you. Yeah, yeah. Him and Will, uh, whatever his name was, I think it was Will. And uh, Will and I talked at length. And what we figured out was they hired a makeup artist every morning to meet me, cover everything with makeup. And then at the end of the day, the makeup artist comes back and takes it all off for me. Wasn't your job over the phone? No. So I actually was doing outreach. I was going out to the businesses oh, and acquiring wow. clients. Oh, I yeah. got it. Yeah. No yeah. wonder. Because I was going to say. They were what, sending me in the street every day. Did it look like you didn't have tattoos when they were? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked fine. I just looked like a, 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 you had a to nice do that young man. Every day? Every, well, they hired really? somebody, but yeah, every single day. Wow. Every single day. And uh, there's like there's even more like cool, like little intricacies to the story. But uh, what ended up happening was um, my numbers were so outrageous immediately. Um, they were like, what happens in the morning in the office? I have to come to the office every day to put on the makeup, of course, but there's team meetings. There's like, you know, today's agenda and who's got which clients and who's going to what <laughs> borough and who's doing this. Yeah. But my numbers were so outrageous. They would just start emailing me the portfolio and say, just go in the field and do what you do. Even so, without the makeup? It was, so I started doing it with no makeup and it was still working. Everything yeah. was fine. That's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, that's a real indication of don't judge a book by its cover because, you know, in society, the, everyone wants you to live within this box. Of, the box could be appearance. It could be what you do in high school after, it, it, you know, that type of thing. And, um, you know, I've been trolled recently because, uh, and this is a perfect example of what this means. You broke most of the rules and you found a lot of success. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. And so... Uh, it's really funny because like seven years ago, I had a social media company that put something up for my real estate company that said successful people break all the rules. It's basically just making this point like we're, you, you, you got to go outside of the box to find success. If you follow society's game plan, you're going to be average, right? In, in my opinion, and I've always thought that too. So I've had somebody recently um, that's been kind of coming after me uh, send that around they've put it on their show they have a big poster up of it trolling me but um but you're a perfect indi indication of that uh of that um that quote so good for you man and then you uh you at some point went to florida and started businesses yeah i went to florida so even when i was working on wall street my initially it was like i'm trying to go on the right path and dry yeah. out and stuff like this it didn't really stick i went back to the non-dry life and uh at some point i make it back to florida and that was again to try to clean up and uh while i was there this was like following the wall street that was probably like my last gig i think i had before inevitably make inevitably making it to florida and i just started some sales companies uh, i did a, it was a couple of routes so in the beginning i was just a day laborer uh, i just needed work i needed money stuff like that so uh, i was uh, just a day laborer whatever and uh what happened was the guy I was working for, like painting houses and rehabbing the houses, he took a contract with a bunch of sober livings. When we finished rebuilding all their buildings, the sober living came to me. They knew I was trying to fix, fix my life and like dry out and stuff. They mm -hmm. said, you're out of work now, huh? I said, yeah. And they said, do you want a job with us in-house? And I was like, I don't know what you guys are doing there. I'm just some kid that's like a day yeah. laborer, basically. Right. 
And they said, if you work half as hard in here as you did out there, you'll be fine. And I was like, honestly, if you're willing to take, if you're willing to take the liability of hiring me, I need the money. So they took me in and I ended up excelling there as well. Yeah. And then I grew through the rehab space. Uh, while we were doing that, uh, I had like this think tank. It was basically just a, it's a small office. And what we did was the entrance, which would sort of be like the Sally port or where the secretary would sit, whatever. And it has all these uh, like uh, separate offices like on the side. We actually reversed it. So me and my two partners put our office, our three desks together in what would be like this, the, the lobby of our office. And we just retrofitted all the other offices mm. with phones and computers and cubicles and stuff like that. And we use it as our think tank. So any of us, we're, the three of us came through the same industry. So we're like, how can we just be better, right? Well, while we were doing it, we just came up with other random ideas in our downtime. Like, yo, do you think it'd be cool if we sold watches? And we'd be like, well, does any of three of us have a watch plug? And one of us would be like, oh, I know a guy who, who can get me cheap watches, yeah, right? Yeah. And we'd be like, oh, well, can anybody sell the watches? Like, do we have customers? Like, we don't know. Let's find out. So we'd buy some leads. We'd stick one of our friends on the phone over there. We'd pay them, you know, for a day or a week or a month, whatever it took, until we got some data back. Are we capable of successfully and profitably selling watches? And when we did this, this think tank started into a, a, a sales company. Yeah, so you started sales rooms. Yeah, sales, exactly right. So that's what we did. Yeah. Start sales rooms almost by accident. And we, yeah, just, yeah. we just kept that's finding new widgets. That's how most business start, this organically like, hey, yeah. man, wonder if I could do this. Yeah, and so we just kept selling widgets. Uh, what was really good for us was we were selling the sales rooms, right? So we'd come up with the proof of concept like, hey, by using this uh, manufacturer and this distributor, using these leads, this is your market. We created a sales pitch. Here's the numbers to show the profit you'll make, you know, based on a per agent, per agent, per yeah. day basis. And we'd sell that concept to other sales companies. And it started, and you did well for a while. I mean, we did well. That. And that's what turned, yeah, it turned into pharmacies. So we started building and selling pharmacies. How, how did that turn into pharmacies? It was just one of the things. It was like uh, this concept that we can put pharmacies into medical providers, right? Because we worked in the, in the medical space and in, in rehab space, stuff like that. Right. So we knew we're like, well, all these rehabs, like us, like some of us owned rehabs, we're like, we're paying like CVS, we're paying whoever for different types of medication for all the patients, right? Like, why are we paying them? We're already a medical provider. Why don't we just license a pharmacy within our location mm. and we can uh, distribute the medication as well as bill the insurance carriers? So now you started legally selling pharmaceuticals. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you had a background in it. It makes yeah. sense. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, uh, but yeah, well we found, good. But I will tell you this. What we ended up finding out was that uh, those are called retail pharmacies where you sell like medication. They're actually the least profitable. And they're the only way you make money is through real bulk amount of patients. Like a lot of people have to come in and buy medications like CVS and whatever. Yeah. And all these conglomerates, they found a way to monopolize the market. And it became really, really difficult to navigate as like an independent, like a mom and pop store, right? And you're not making money on the on the pills or the medication. You're making money on rebates given to you by the pill manufacturers, right? So yeah. they're all offering you deals like let us you know, us as a manufacturer sell you the al alprazolam mm. versus the other one or whatever. Right, right. And they all offer rebates and you're negotiating rebates. That's for your profit. Right. So whoever gives you the best service, best, re biggest rebates. You, that's get, who you go that's with. That's who you go with. But it was really hard because we didn't have as many patients as a CVS. So we weren't sure. really making money on that. So while we're in the pharmacy space taking meetings for pharmacies, this is really early on. We figured it out right away. It doesn't make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Other pharmacists and other people who own pharmacies were like, have you tried this type of pharmacy? There's about 12 of them. They go, have you tried this one? Here's our numbers. We said, wow, that seems phenomenal. Do you have a manufacturer? Do you have a distributor? Do you have data? Do you have the leads, et cetera, et cetera? And so we piece it all together. We tried it. You like, kind of franch started franchising in a web, building and selling sort, pharmacies? Yes, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a franchise. They were all independent, but... Mm. It was the same. It was just. It was just like 
print, rinse and repeat, rinse and yeah, repeat. Yeah, you rinse just built repeat. the same model over and time. over. Yeah. yeah, we just kept yeah. building and selling pharmacies. Yeah. Wow. And then somewhere I I heard or figured out that you decided to sell all those businesses. When was that? And what was your decision to do that and move on? Because I think then you came out to like L.A. or Vegas and that, started doing what you're doing. Yeah, that's right. In uh, 2019, I sold my book of business. What made you do that? Well, so my two partners that I'd started with, the three of us had a lot of fallings out and I ended up buying them out. We had a few, you know, all these, all these things we were doing were like different corporations. It's hard to have partners. Yeah, it was really hard. You it's know, hard, three yeah. personalities, three opinions, totally three perspectives, it. three experiences. And it was at some point, you know, our full lives were intertwined. We're working 18 hours a day on top of each other in the same little space. Our personal lives had to be one and the same as our work. So it was like every aspect of all three of our lives and our family, our friends' lives, all our girlfriends' lives was just so much that we all just started to kind of wear on each other. So I made the executive decision uh, that I was going to buy them out. And we all negotiated and it was fine. And, you know, I, I, I gave them everything they wanted and then some. They were still my best friends. They were my brothers and I want to see them fine. But when I bought them out and I didn't have to listen to their opinions or take into, a, oh, take into account their... great, right? It was like... I had three times the amount of bandwidth now because now I didn't have to have therapy sessions in my office. I have to say, I'm really sorry that in the meeting I said you dropped the ball, but right. I'm going to fix it. Right. You know, I don't have to do now that you anymore. Can just go. I can you just, just do it. I just down, do it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I've talked many times about all the businesses I've run that I finally got to a point. And I had, I do have a partner in this business with Ryan and, and we still have a, a lot of butting heads on things, but we do different things. But I, prior to that, uh, was adamant that I would never be in business with a partner because no matter how much you love them, how great they are as a person, it's just hard. It's really it's hard, man. Because you, the thing is, you have to take a step back from doing work. Yeah, to, like dealing with issues. Yeah, and, and to deal with the person, yeah, the issues. It's exactly. So draining. Yeah, it, exactly. Yeah, and it stops. It just stops production. It, and it's, progress. it stops production. Yeah. Production exactly right. So when I bought them two out, they were okay for a while. You know, they were just getting checks to do nothing anymore, and they went on and did their own things. Um, unfortunately, one of them was uh, murdered not that long ago, and and I was say I do want to say rest that. in peace. Yeah, um, but. Uh, let's say excluding that, obviously they did go on to do other great things themselves, sure, you know? Sure. Uh, but when we did that, I no longer had to stop production to have a therapy session. Yeah. And I can make my own executive decisions fully. I was fully Live and control. die on them too. Yeah. And I did that and we grew, I forget the exact percentage. I, I have somewhere all my old, uh, folios, but we grew something like six times yeah, or something like that. your trajectory just was, took off. It was incredible, incredible. And I started making, and now I'm also making, you know, an additional 66.6% .6 for every, every of course, dollar. Yeah. yeah. I'm making all the money. Did 100%. they ever have regrets? They had huge regrets. They were like, oh shit, what'd we do when they seen the, the growth? Th yes, they did. I bet you they thought it was just lucky that they got out at the wrong time and didn't even attribute it to what you just told me. I agree with you that I think that's how they thought. Um, unfortunately, obviously for one of them, I'll never be able, be able to, to, to have that it, conversation yeah. uh and the other one we did lose touch at some point but uh but yeah i, I believe so based on how they acted right. for the near actions the, the, the actions of the near the you know the, the next following steps proceeding yeah yeah buying them yeah, out yeah yeah and do you you probably won't answer this but um i don't know how big of a book of business you had do you want to tell us what you sold it for i don't want to say but I, this you want is to what, give us a neighborhood between 25 and 35 years old or <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this, that it was enough that uh, 
while I'm living in the in the greater Miami area that I decided to when I sold it, I decided that I'm gonna just like be this like young bachelor and live my life and just like be a retired young so person. So it was enough for that. It was enough that that's why I moved to LA. I wasn't working okay. anymore. I was yeah. like, I'm just gonna live a yeah. fun life for the first time. I'm I'm, right. I'm I'm straight edge and and I'm up and up and I I got enough cash not to work cool. and I'm just gonna move to LA. That's a yeah. good answer. We could leave it at that. Yeah. All right. Um. So then you moved to LA, which eventually brought you to Vegas, or do you live in both? Yeah, I I, I live in both, but I'm technically LA based. Like I if Someone asked me, I'll say, yeah, I live in LA, but I, but I do like own own a house in Vegas. You do, okay. Yeah. So you go back and forth, oh. and so let's get to the stuff that's been very controversial. Yeah, okay. You moved to Vegas to ch or LA, Vegas, whatever, to chill out, but then you didn't really chill out. You you, as you put it, and what I've seen is you went into the gambling business in Vegas, and and from your words, smashed it. Yeah. And then got uh, kicked out. Yeah, I smashed them suckers. Yeah. 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 In the beginning, I was going just to party and just to chill out. Right. And just like, it was like a once a week, I'd go over to Vegas and just like a little vac mini vacation, spend two days there, whatever, mm -hmm. party, you know, and have a nice time and gamble. And I was winning. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, I always gambled, like my whole life, you know, always yeah, had so you gambling. dug the rush of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just cool. And I had all the time in the world now. And, you know, I had extra cash. It didn't matter win or lose. But How I How long did it take for you to start saying, okay i'm gonna kind of do this at a higher level where about a year about a year of yeah. just partying and having fun and gambling yeah and uh let me ask you this question man mm. I, I i'm just gonna ask you some real pointed questions okay so you know and we'll get to it in a minute you know that there's been a ton of naysayers about mm -hmm. what you did in vegas and how much money you've made and how you've killed the casinos and how you got uh, banned from them okay so my question to you is is how many people in your position are in that position because we know that most people that gamble for a living now i know there's professional poker players and there's people that are above the cut but not everyone can do that matter of fact i would believe it's such a small percentage that it's unbelievable that it is unbelievable now is that true or do i have that wrong because i don't know so this was something interesting when i first did it i didn't go into it as a professional gambler like i didn't yeah. even think about it i just was going to party just leaning into it yeah, yeah i was just having fun yeah and i took some losses but i took more wins than losses mm -hmm. and that's that's all that's it i would just hope to get lucky basically i knew my whole life that i was maybe a little bit of a sharp player right like i was always like good at let's say we'll say uh, above average at blackjack and stuff like that you know and, is that uh, because of maybe your intelligence and numbers base? Is it basically a numbers game? I really enjoy using numbers. Yeah. And the thing is, like, you'll never, even if you were, let's, whatever it is. Because like, mathematically, Mickey, you can't beat the house mathematically. I, sure, I know you can sure. beat it, but I'm saying mathematically, just in general, it's a loser. Sure. Yeah, of course. That's why the casinos are so much nicer <laughs> than our houses. Right. Yeah, for sure. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Uh, so when I first went into it, I didn't even think like, do people beat casinos? I was just hoping like every week that I would go, I'd be like, oh, I hope I get lucky and I hope you I win. book a win and have fun. Yeah, exactly. That's all I was looking for. And then at some point I was like, well, when I look at, when I go to do my taxes after the first year, I was like, well, I, I owe some good money from the casinos payments to me. I was like, okay. I said, I wonder what happens if I turn up the heat a little bit. So, you know, I basically added a zero to everything. And so did my wins. And I was like, let me take this more seriously. And as I took it more seriously, come to find out, there are communities of people around the world who, for a living, are professional gamblers. Uh, they have like these secret chat rooms where they discuss which casino on which day and which part of the world is beatable in which game and which table and where there's room to exploit casinos and where there's weaknesses, where there's... So there's a group for this that, that communicates. Is yeah. it like some kind of discord that 
communicates privately. It for sure like privately. Private for sure. There's it's it's for sure a private communication. Why would somebody share that information with you and you with somebody else? Well, because then you. So let's say let's say let's pretend that there's a group of a, I'm making this up a hundred people. Let's pretend in this group yeah, chat. Yeah. And let's say I said this casino in Las Vegas on this day has this exploitative feature. Yeah. That's a big thing that I just gave them. But they're giving me the equal for each one of their casinos and whatever respected city they're from or whatever country they're from. Right. So I only have one casino. I'm making this up again. But imagine you I You guys have, are sharing assets. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. that's more valuable than anything. No, that networking and sharing assets. Yeah, I get it. Because then you know where the cherry patches are, right? <clears throat> um, you have... Again, if I got this wrong, I don't know if it's self-proclaimed. I don't know if it's just out there. Sure. The number one of the top Baccarat players in the world? Well, this is how... Is that a true statement or is that yep. your opinion or how do we so calculate it, that? So it's a true statement. It's hard to calculate. This is how the calculation comes in like the most watered down version. Mm -hmm. There's been four people in history to be backed off in the game Baccarat in Las Vegas. Uh, Phil Ivey, uh, what's her name? Uh, Kelly Son, um, some guy whose name I forgot, and myself. That those are four people in the world that have been backed off of being able to play Baccarat in casinos in Vegas. Right. Now, out of that four, two of them were, I don't agree, but what the casinos say, we're taking an unfair edge against them, right? In different terms, the, the claim is that these two players were Who cheating. Who were the two? Oh, it, it was Phil and, uh, and again, I think, what's her name? Kelly? I think her name's Kelly, Kelly Sun, right? cool. okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was his partner in crime. Oh, well, the gal that sat with him. Exactly, exactly. With the cards. Exactly. I mean, I the, know the about... Translator, I know the translator, the Mandarin-speaking uh, yeah, translator. I, yeah, I know about the controversy and the shades of the cards and all that, whatever. Yeah, so so out of the four of us, they, them two, they figured out what it was. What was their edge? And they said, the casino say it's wrong, and I'm on Phil's side 100% that it's not wrong, but nonetheless, so if you took them two out of the equation, it's me and one other guy. And the thing is, I've never... At one time, and the executives had we had a conversation about the other guy. I forget, he has like a really plain name, like something Roberts, or Jim Roberts, something plain. I totally forget. I didn't really care enough to look into it. Didn't matter. I don't really care. Yeah. But they had told this to me, and I never got the details on why he was backed off. So, us being the only four, the claim is like that I'm top four. In theory, I don't know. Maybe you could even say top. Maybe you could say I am the best. I don't. I'm not really sure. But it doesn't really matter to me. That claim is not necessarily like. It's not an effective claim. Like, I don't really care. It doesn't, okay. it doesn't matter. So I'm yeah. going to ask you a stupid question because it, I have no basis of knowledge on sure. it. Sure. Okay. There, I, the only time I've ever, ever sat at a Baccarat table was one time this year with Jeremy Levin, Levin the Jay Boogs. He plays on our show, whatever. Yeah, that's my we, dog. Yeah, you, you know him. You like yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, he's a great, he's salt of the earth. Well, anyways, I, we were in Vegas eating dinner, whatever, and I just that's decided. Benny Blanco's brother, you know. Yeah, Benny Blanco. Yeah, yeah. yeah the famous Benny Blanco, of course. Yeah. And he went to play some Baccarat and I just went to with him just to just to kind of screw around and I've never seen a hand matter of fact when they started breaking the when he started bending the cards my exact thing to him is I go what in the fuck are you doing <laughs> like I've never I never sat I don't even know how even right now that I sat there for a few hours I still can't remember how to play okay so when I ask you anything it's not based on me trying to like say oh how I don't know you can give it to me yeah yeah right? so so and it was so weird because when I was there I looked at the floor man and I go why are you letting him do this? Because even though like they're just cards and they make millions of dollars, it's like I come from like nothing and like anytime you waste something, it just doesn't make sense to me to like do that. I just didn't understand it. And I go, why are you letting him do this? And he goes, because if we don't, somebody else will, mm -hmm. right? And so mm -hmm. I guess that's just the thing. I don't know how to play the game. So I ask you this. 
Is there an edge? Like, what do you know that all these other people don't know? Like, I don't get it. That's what becomes unbelievable about it. How can just a handful of people or less have this? I don't know if it's an edge. I don't know if it's a betting structure. Like, what do you know that somebody else doesn't know? Like, because you're not supposed to beat it. I don't get it. Like, that's what makes it unbelievable and why you've taken so much heat. Yeah. Um, Try to layman terms that shit for us. The layman's terms is um, the casinos cheat. And if you just figure out the cheat, I mean, it's not impossible to reverse it. No, but okay, I'm going to press you. They cheat how? I can't say how exactly because I don't know how. I, I know how. Yeah, I figured it out. You figured out how yeah. they cheat, literally yeah. cheat. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I've proven Dude, it on camera. Why can't we talk about it? Well, I'm selling it. I'm selling the exact details on how to reverse engineer oh, it for fifty why. million dollars. Okay, yeah. makes sense now why yeah. we can't. Okay. Yeah. So I actually, um, I have. Uh, I gotta remember what the contract says. I can say anyway. Anyway, I. People are very interested. If you have a contract for fifty million, you could be vague with me. Yeah, yeah, that thank makes you. sense to yeah, me. Yeah. So all right, but 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 okay. How did you figure it out? Is it your is it your intellect? Did you get lucky? How, how did you figure this out? <laughs> Fuck, right, man. So check this out. All so right. I don't know why. I have a feeling you're going to be one of my favorite interviews by these people. This is so interesting to me that I'm like, feel like I'm watching. So I, I don't know why, but um, older people seem to really like me. I seem to really get along Maybe with Maybe that's them, why right? I like you. <laughs> I could be your fucking dad. Go ahead. So I used to play cards uh, in this particular casino in a particular city in a particular country very regularly. All right. And... This particular casino doesn't have a lot of huge action, but I used to go in there because nobody was there. It was quiet. I could be left alone and just hang out, you know, like nobody bothers me. But very regularly, there was this old man who used to also play like pretty big, you know, it was basically just he and I. And it was like very regularly, like, like almost almost always like he and I are going to meet at this casino and he really liked me. (laughs) And so we'd sit down and he would drink this whiskey was like $500 a shot or whatever however you buy whiskey out or drink it or whatever drink whatever like 500 bucks and you know he'd sit for like 16 hours and just drink after drinks what he liked to do and just like play a lot of money in drinks at 500 a pop well they're all comp but yeah 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 yeah, yeah. but uh he would play and he flat betted and he didn't bet huge but you know he bet above average for sure and um we're just talking one day and he goes you know mick the game's changed a lot over the years and I go, what do you mean? He goes, I've been playing Baccarat for 50 years or whatever he said, 60 years, you know, whatever he said. And I go, yeah. And he goes, you think we had all this tech back then? And I go, no, nah, but it probably like helps the game. He goes, helps who? Helps us or helps them? Because if mm. it helps us, why would they spend the money on it? Mm. I said, that makes sense. And he goes, you think we had this over there back then? I go, nah. He goes, you think we had this over there back then? I said, nah. He thinks. He goes, you think they operated that? And he explained certain things in the motion of the game. He goes, the way they marketed it, the way they did it. He started explaining things about the game. And he goes, you think we did that You know, 50 or 60 years ago? And I go, nah, I guess not, but the technology didn't exist. He goes, you think they invented the technology and they spend the extra money on it and they implement it to help us take their money? Right, right. I said, okay, fine, but like, how can it hurt us? You know, We're just flipping a coin here, player, banker. And he goes, watch this. And a couple cards came out, and he said, take note of the following feature. And I took note of it. And he goes, I bet you you're going to see the same feature in the next What's setup. a feature mean? Is that what you can't talk about? Yeah. Okay, yeah, fine. Yeah. fine. And, and he goes, watch the next hand. You're going to notice the same feature again. And I noticed it. And we played a whole shoe. So he figured this out, kind of. Yeah, yeah, I mean. And then he took your well, intellect, and he, he brought it to another level. He showed <clears throat> me that they were cheating. He proved beyond. Why re- would he still play if they were cheating? 
I don't think he cared. I think he just enjoyed getting away from his wife, <laughs> okay. getting drunk. And right. That's so, so what he did for 60 years. He's like, he's like, I'm going to go to this particular city in this particular country. He was willing to give them the edge just to drink and Just to drink and to, chill. Get, yeah. chill yeah. get away from his wife and just be on vacation. You know, people spend, you know, <laughs> 20K to go to, I don't know, wherever I they're get going. It. He's like, I'm going to spend whatever I'm spending. And, you know, those relative to his income. That was his enjoyment. Totally yeah. get it. And so he showed, he proved me beyond any, any, any doubt. That there was cheating. And I said, okay, I understand there's cheating. And then I had to take it myself. And this is what I did privately. And this is what's worth the 50 million is I had to figure out why did they choose to cheat that way? And if I could figure out why, then I can re I can reverse engineer it and figure out how to stay ahead of it. And, mm. that, and that's what I did. That's pretty damn interesting to me. I wasn't expecting you to tell me something like that. I was expecting you, if I'm being honest, to tell me something that was just not believable and it sounded like bullshit. Yeah. And not that... That's just true because I don't get it because if you it's player it's bank it doesn't make sense mm -hmm. to me right and you, you have imagine a that, imagine that they already determined which hands were going to be player and which hands were going to be bank and you could figure out how if you could figure out yeah and I just don't understand it because the cards still go into a shoe right yeah yeah so okay whatever I know we can't get into it um do you think anyone else knows this besides you and the guy that drinks whiskey. And do you think when this comes out and you get, if, if you ink that deal for 50 million, does it end Baccarat? I mean, I don't get it. Like, what then what if everyone knows? I, I don't, I don't so, understand. So this is the thing with the 50 million. Yeah, what, um, what do they get out of it, whoever's offering you that? They're going to get every detail of the situation. Are they going to use it for their benefit or are they going to put it out publicly? I don't care what they do with it. I got to no, be super, super honest. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. That's fair. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with it. Uh, they say like they want to win because every casino does a slight different variation of mm. this. So you can essentially figure out a way to beat almost every casino, but some will take more time because you have to apply it. It's like uh, you ever seen the movie? Um, what's the movie about World War Two where the guy invents the first computer? I don't know. <sighs> the guy. Uh, what's that movie? The guy. The invention of the computer came. Mm-hmm. Um, from the UK to help beat the Nazi Germany during the Second World War. Yeah, I don't, I don't know of it. They, so they, they had this encryption device. I'm going to go watch it because I love shit like that. Yeah, it's an excellent movie. It's a true story. I'll figure it out. So the Nazis had this encryption device. And the encryption device is how they shared messages all over the world about their next attack. Oh, and we broke it. Yeah, and we broke yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I remember hearing that. Yeah, so, we broke like a Morse code. We broke it. Yes, very similar. Yeah. The, way that we, the way that we broke it was by inventing a computer that essentially Honestly, reverse engineered. I, I, don't, I didn't watch the movie, but I knew of this. Yeah, so what they did is the computer... It would ran it would ran infinite amount of sequences in in little to no time because if you did it manually you're talking about hundred like a hundred million years it would take you to decipher each code coming yes, in yes 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 but you need to get it done in real time so that was the reason for the invention of the first computer ever wow yeah and that was how we helped to to beat how the Germans during World yeah, War II yeah I remember I remember hearing that yeah so imagine that the way I have created my my algorithm that I just use the term algorithm was a, a similar concept to that right the the information comes in and it has to like decipher and decode and figure out what is this casino's version what is the message this casino is and then it'll, it'll like it's different obviously it's different than this but just imagine like conceptually mm -hmm. yeah i get it and then it prints out the answer this casino uses this variant of the this version it's breaking the code yeah wow that's so interesting to me um What's that? The Imitation Game. That's the movie. The Imitation Game. Oh, the Imitation Game. game. Imitation nice. Game. Yeah. I will watch it. Yeah. For sure I'll watch it. Uh, Mickey, why not? I mean, the $50 million makes more sense, but but why not in conjunction with that 
train five, 10 Mickeys and put them out there and just give them and fund them. And you don't have to walk into the casino. Unfortunately, I can't speak on that. Oh man, I'll dig that. I wish we could. All right. I can read between the lines. Good for you, buddy. Um, so, okay. I, and, and by the way, tell me if these names are right. You been taking over the last year or two, a lot of heat about this claim. And, you know, there's been videos and pictures of you in rooms with just stacks of cash. I mean, it has to come from somewhere. So, you know, for the non-believers, even like myself and like, what is that? Like, is that money real? Like what? It, but you were vetted by the Nelk boys. Spencer Cornelia is his name. Adam 22. How do you Cornelia, say his name? Cornelia. Cornelia. Yeah, yeah. I watched some of those things where that kid totally was trolling you and saying, like, prove it to me. And it's on YouTube somewhere where. He literally, I think when he was done, was kind of a believer. Was Is that... Yeah, no, completely. So so he made this first video. The truth is, I had no idea. I was so new to social media. Even when I did my first No Jumper interview, I knew Adam outside of the influencer world. Like, we we know each other through BMXing. My best friend is his old roommate. They're both pro BMXers. Mm. And together started No Jumpers. Matter of fact, it, it was actually my... His name is Catfish. It was my boy Catfish that actually started No Jumper while roommates with Adam. Okay. Catfish is the announcer for like the Olympics and the X Games and Nitro Circuits, whatever. And he's a pro BMXer. He went on to do some uh, touring gigs as, as like an MC and said, Adam, hey, I have this show, like whatever. So I knew Adam like as a person. I had no idea even what podcasts really were. And... Um, so same with Spencer. So I do the thing with Adam. I'm on social media now. I'm like pretty new. I'm like blowing up. And uh, all of a sudden, some my friend from Miami sends me a link to a YouTube video. The Spencer guy. I don't know. Right? Some like just some like white kid, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah and just I open, saying bullshit. Yeah, and yeah. I open it, and he's like tearing me apart, and he's like this. But I will tell you this: he was really impartial, and he was neutral, and he was unbiased. And he said, he goes, I can't say. Uh, with an affirmative, but I believe that Mickey's not yeah. legit. And these are all the, this is, he goes, this is the information I have. And based on this, this is my belief. You know what I really respect about what you did, obviously, because you're backing up in your, what you're saying is the truth. <clears throat> and, and we're going to go ahead and believe that. Um, is you did something that was actually different than I had a personal experience of being triggered by stuff like this and, and fighting back and creating it worse. You actually leaned into it. You leaned into it. I watched you in in interviewed with him and all that. You were very nice to him. You weren't defensive. You weren't hostile, angry, sarcastic. You just gave him the facts yeah. and and leaned into it. And I was pretty impressed by your demeanor in it. But yeah, I remember at the end he's like, "Okay, you showed me." Yeah. Uh, so when when I got the link to that video, the morning I, I think it was the same. How can people morning. find that? It was on YouTube. You just put in like Spencer Cornelia. Me and him ended up doing three videos. Okay. The first, I think, is called Is Mickey Legit, which is where he says that I'm not legit. He tries to disprove That's the first one you got sent to you. Yeah, which was like the bad one where he's like, you know, anti-Mickey. The morning that that one dropped, um, after I watched it, I made one phone call and took me about 30 seconds and I got Spencer's phone number. Nice. And I called Spencer and I said, hey, brother, like no hostility. It's Mickey. You know, I'm not here to give you a hard time. I thought the video was excellent. I thought it was very well articulated, but you're missing a lot of facts. Do you want to get together? I'll give you all the facts. And at the end, you can at least confirm that I'm not legit. But if I happen to change your mind or sway you, then I would all, appreciate if you yeah, said that. That's yeah. all I said. That's and uh, and he said, yeah, I can come over tomorrow. So the next day he came over, I believe it was the next day, he came over and mm-hmm. um, I showed him anything he wanted. I gave him my phone. The thing is we filmed for like eight hours, spent the whole day together, but he condensed to a 20 minute video. So there's a lot of pieces missing, but totally. Spencer has talked about it in other videos. 
he saw everything. I mean, there was nothing left to disbelieve. He saw DMs. He saw my casino records, all of them. You know what I mean? Like, every, he's seen everything. Not just yeah. one, not just a handpick. He saw everything. And he made the video, and he goes, he, what he says at the end is, he goes, I've never been one to shy away from saying I was wrong. And when it comes to Mickey, I was wrong. I, I respect that. Yeah. Mickey, let me ask you this question. I don't think you're going to answer it, but I'm going to ask, and I'm going to hope you're going to answer it. Sure. Um, so this isn't the question. It's a lead to the question. How long were you just hand quotes professionally playing Baccarat? Three years. How much did you make in those three years? Um, I, I don't know. I know. I, I know. You're not, but come on, man. I, I'm just going to ask anyways, you know, it you was to give me a neighborhood between 25 and 35 years old. It was between uh, it was a few tens. I of hate interviewers a, that give soft interviews, bro. It was some tens of millions. This is the thing. You can go online. My 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 casino I records. I want to go online. I got you here. My casino records are have been released, like live. So if they've been released, why not say it? I, I beat I beat Vegas uh, in the last twenty four months that I played. I beat them for a little over thirty million. Fair enough. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's what it's, it's, I know it just sounds weird. I don't, you know. I'm asking. It's not like you're bragging. Yeah. <clears throat> if they're public records, like this is what we're here for. I beat them suckers. Yeah, okay, <laughs> see, tell the truth. There you go. That's what we're looking for. I beat I those bitches them. out of thirty million. I smashed them. Yeah, I got them. <laughs> I got them so good. Oh my All god. Right. Do you still have see. most of that money? Uh. I actually <laughs> hold on, <laughs> man. You hit somebody with a quick thing, and the truth comes out. No, no. Uh, tell me. No, so I I locked up most of that money. Uh, so <laughs> I have this uh, real estate management company. They basically took all my cash and they just handled things. I really don't even ask too many questions. They you be they, careful with that. Well, the the owner is somebody very very close to me. Be uh, careful with that. You're absolutely correct. Okay. Th this is. I think I'm in a very safe situation. You're absolutely okay. correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of put the management company together myself. Uh, I took a few people that come from real estate that are very close to my life. And I said, hey, do we want to come together and put a fund? And everybody said, yeah, we're already doing that on our own, but we can create another with you. Like, let's do it. So they're handling what most of that. What kind of fund? A PPM? What, what type of thing are you running? Just a, just a real estate fund where you're yeah, buying real estate just, just, rentals and different yeah, things? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Buying, rebuilding, selling. Yeah. Nice. Leasing. Yeah. Leasing. Cool. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. Very good. Yep. Um, Before I go and blow the whole bag. Yeah, that's smart, man. Lock it up, bro. Because you know what? You're a DGen, right? Yeah, yeah. At, I can't help heart, myself. Heart, I, yeah. I love. I've seen you play poker. Yeah, I love. Yeah. I <laughs> you love, love to gamble. I love gambling. I yeah. love lighting money on fire. Yeah, I love, yeah, like, yeah. Just no, getting out lock there. some of it up and then go get your rocks off. I figure if I live like I'm broke all the time, I'll always have the hustle I had when I was younger, so I can always make more. I kind of live like that. Yeah. yeah. You know, people make fun of me because like how. Like what they think I've have or have made and how I play like I'm very con I'm a conservative person in those areas and I kind of like always feel like I'm broke I've yeah. I, because I've went broke twice yeah building like businesses and went sure. broke and so that's like in my core and I'm like learned my lessons so everything I do now being my age not your age I, I'm much more conservative because I don't have, even if you were on the high end at 35, I don't have those earning years. So I'm very careful. So I get right. it. Um, <clears throat> but then you started playing poker. Yeah. Now, did you start playing poker because you couldn't play Baccarat and you needed to do something? What, how, how did that evolve? And that's how it's, tell me about, that's it. That's exactly how it started. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like I played poker like my whole life. Like I learned poker when I was like five years old yeah. or something, you know, but I, I always found poker to be boring. You have to be like sharp all of the times. Yeah. You got to be a game. Yeah, always. You make you know? one or two mistakes, you're done in that session. Yeah, you know, like let's say let's say that a flop comes and one bet happens and everybody folds. You get dealt your next cards immediately, whether you want to take a break or not. You got cards, <laughs> and you're like, I got ace, deuce, suited. What am I supposed to do here? And you're like, I really just want to chill, but the hand's like, 
I guess it has playability. Okay, I'm yeah, in, you but, know. Yeah, but your and heart's not in it, right? And then, hand, yeah, then all of a sudden you're locked in. You're like, wait a second. Everybody here is like super laser focused on this hand, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, wait a second. I, I got ace. Dude, like, calm down, you know? <laughs> <laughs> calm down. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, and then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> calm down. Yeah. I don't really want to be here right now. Yeah, calm exactly. Down, yeah. That's how I feel, you yeah. know? Like, I can't sit for that long and I can't, like, stay focused for that long. I, I, I got to move on. And, so do you think you could never, I'm not saying you are or aren't, do you think you could not be a top great poker player because of the attention span? So. I actually had a plan. Uh, in 2021, I my intention fully was that at the end of the year, I was going to completely quit table games. I was getting banned anyway. I was going to uh, completely quit table games. And entering 2022, I was going to pursue a full professional poker career, like exclusively. That was that was my new like career path in life. Um, a lot of things that came up. Uh, the first is, I, unfortunately, I had a, a lot of deaths. I had a lot of deaths last year. A lot of my friends uh, died. Um, and it just sort of like threw me you through like a loop. like your age group? Yeah. Did they not get out of the fold and they just like in a bad way? Yeah, most of them were still like in the life. Um, Sorry to hear yeah, that. Yeah, it's okay. Like some of them weren't. Some of them died, you know, of... Organic? Well, I don't know about organic, but uh, non-lifestyle non driven causes. You know, like I like you know I told you like my best friend, my old business partner was murdered. And, yeah. Um, some you know girlfriends of mine uh, had died and wow, a, a, yeah a lot of people around me had died and it was like this weird time I came actually one time uh, two of my friends died in like back to back days and the first time I left the house since then was actually to come on the hustler stream uh, when I played at Phil Holmes so it might have knocked you off your poker uh, path yeah I just felt you like distraught I felt distracted and distraught I felt like uh, like emotionally disconnected from everything I had like sure, no of course I'd like no my heart wasn't in anything at all yeah because at the end of the day you know Mickey uh, we we were running the Baccarat thing we're doing this we're hustling or whatever but at the end of the day like when things happen you realize oh my god like this is what's the important shit in life and it and it's like it's it, it wakes you up too it's very sad so I'm sorry to hear that it's okay yeah, yeah. I mean you know, obviously it's not your fault, you know, so, so thank you for the condolences. Yeah, but... no, I hope not. If not, I got, <laughs> I'm a lamb, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know what? So what happened was, um, I started becoming like a big influencer. So I started getting locked in into that scene in that world. And then, uh, I have some movie deals and some TV shows, uh, that, you know, we signed contracts. So when, when that are out right now or coming, no, coming out, coming out, They're TV all... show you can't say I, some I can and some I can't, but honestly, I don't remember which I can. So I, I'm just going to not say any. Okay, okay, okay. But yeah, I have like, I, I can tell you that I have a thing with- What's your um, role in them? So some are about me. Some are shows that I'm like the main star of. And some I have like acting roles in. And that was like sort of for fun. Uh, some some movies that want to have things. Uh, do, you they have needed, a, do you have a deal for a movie? I, I have some. if not, I have, I, I, I have some folks that I could- like hook you up with that I would love that story there's a particular mm -hmm. movie that I want to film that I don't have a deal for yet want to talk about it after yeah afterwards we can definitely right. talk about it uh currently I can tell you like I have like a t like a tv show like National Geographic working on and I'm I think a nice movie though of that of your life uh, progressing through this whole Baccarat thing once you can talk about it would be cool yeah yeah I think so right. too yeah. um let's, I think let's even lock in on that after yeah I'm interested well, in that exactly yeah let's definitely talk about it afterwards I got something with Netflix that's pretty cool I'm working on um but but yeah, there's that one particular movie that I'd love to um, to do to do yeah okay. But uh, so I signed all those contracts and stuff like for all the Hollywood stuff, and so even when my friends were dying, and I didn't want to like see anybody, I don't want to talk to them, I don't want to do anything, I don't want to work anymore, I didn't want to do that. I was yeah. really locked in, like I I had to show up, I had to take the phone calls. So between like getting really busy with like the movies and the stuff like that, and the influencer stuff, and then just, like being like 
emotionally disconnected from everything. I just like, I just put poker on the back burner. How, how do you consider, yeah, I get it. How do you consider yourself an influencer? Like what, what type of influencer are, I know what an influencer is, but how do you uh, view yourself? And what do you know about influencers? Like, what do you, why did you want to become an influencer well, I, or did it just I, happen? I def, I definitely didn't want it to happen. Um, when I was, uh, during COVID mm-hmm. and all the casinos were shut down, I was really, really bored. And I was still friends with like all the casino owners were all on good terms. And they mm-hmm. would encourage me. They said, you know, you live a life that like most people will never know exists. And the ones that do know that exists are usually like kind of like old billionaire, like boring guys, you know, like they don't, they're not cool. They're not young and happening, you know, mm-hmm. they're not having fun with what they got going on. Don't you think people find it entertaining? Like you should, you should create Instagram. And I was mm. so bored that I finally gave in mm. and I was like, fine, you know, and I created an Instagram and it immediately started like going viral. And, uh, you know, like the, one of the first like people that hit me up was Drake. And then like the second person was like little baby and I'm out with them and they're posting videos. I mean, it's blowing up more and more. Mm. So I was not prepared to be an influencer. I was not prepared to be, have any fame or cloud or none of that. And and, uh, you know, then I started taking interviews like Adam and I didn't even know what was going on. It's like taking, I don't know, I thought yeah. we we're just buddies talking and he wanted to roll a camera. You know, that was kind of cool. like yeah, my no, I get perspective. Kinda. Have you taken a lot of heat for being an influencer since you've been out there? Like, have people attacked you? Have you, you know, like, tell me about that. The more we met, we've talked and the more popular you get or the more eyes you have on it, the more heat you take. What's your experience? Um, Come to find out everybody, even like, your most beloved celebrity person takes some heat and has like oh yeah anti no matter how what they're doing which is crazy to me because there's certain people like like i'll look at post malone and i'll be like you have to love that man you know what i mean and i took this like weird heat and and for me i took it personal because i was just like it's just not nice like i've been so private my whole life and now that i'm out there for the world like i spill my heart like if i'm happy i'll post happy if i'm sad i post sad whatever and um yeah and uh you know like I don't know. I just didn't think I put myself out there to be like picked apart in any way. Yeah. And but the truth is, no matter what you do, you will be. Besides your businesses and wanting to create these shows and these deals and your possible deal with the Baccarat thing, these are all legit shit you're doing. Are you still looking to pursue yourself to for yourself to pursue some type? Because I know you need the action. You love the action. You love to gamble. <clears throat> are your thoughts that you want to pursue being a poker player at a higher level or is there other things you want to do? Like what's your goal there? Because you haven't been, which is weird to me, not weird to me, but I wonder like <clears throat> if you really want to play poker, where are you playing now if you are and where do you play? Who do you play with? What are the stakes? Or if you're not playing, why? And you haven't made that many appearances on Hustler Casino and the fans want you. We want you back on. Tell me about where you're going from here with all that. I know that's like 12 million different things, but try to put that together for me. All right. So I guess let me let me try yeah, to break yeah. it down. So the yeah, first thing is, like, do I have a desire to pursue poker yes. at, originally as my full time professional that's career? That's a way better way to say okay. it. Okay. <laughs> so I have this desire to be like a top ranked uh, tournament player. Like, I think that'd be the coolest. The thing is, like, that's the most challenging. It's you know the hardest. It's going to be hard for you with your attention span. That I takes know. a lot of time and concentration, uh, bro. It, it also has. You're going to get a next hand every second. I know. It also has the least success rec- record. Like, per, on, like, right. on, on like a, a 
law of large numbers. Like it's a grind. The, the least amount of people can be successful doing yeah, that. You could grind. you have a better chance of being a successful cash game player than yes. you do a tournament player. Yeah, because to play tournaments, you literally have to play one after another after another after yeah. another because people see the success of that win or that second place finish, but they don't know you just played 15 prior to that. Yeah, and you also can't get a lot of 10th places because you don't have any final tables. A 10th place is like a really sick thing. Like if you got, if I got 10th, in a tournament, I would be stoked. But the truth is, no one's no one's gonna be a <laughs> you stoked. You don't exist. Yeah, yeah. It don't exist. You know, yeah. you, you got to be in the top nine. You got to yeah, be on the final yeah, table. Yeah. So it's really hard. I just think it'd be so cool. You know, and there's also the least amount of money like in these tournaments. Of course, there's some that are so. Like, I get it. I know, you know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, you can make more money in a cash game. I my like a desire, like a daydream I have. You know, like a fantasy is to be like a top ranked tournament player. Will it happen? I'm not sure. Um, so like the step before that would be like a successful cash game player. And like you know you're a poker player. Playing in a tournaments as a tournament pro versus a cash game pro is two different types of pros. They're it's just not even, 180 from each other. Yeah, exactly. They're not in the same game. No. It's like comparing PLO to Hold'em. It's nothing. You can't yeah. even do it. Yeah, right. So it'll be a lot of work. Uh what I got what's a little maybe more likely is that I become like a better cat like I become like a top ranked cash game player um do I have interest in that yeah like I said like my desire would be you know like in that order do I think it's uh something I'm let me rephrase I would say that it's second to what I'm pursuing now in the poker realm so I play like really big PLO I play private games this is like my entrance in, in Vegas or California all, all over the world okay uh I play like Currently? a lot of, yeah okay I play like a lot of like 10k 20k PLO um, I play like 10, 20k blind blind. Yeah. 10k, 20k blinds. Um, like on any given day of the week, there's like a, a game like within this network that plays like 500, 1000. So it's more reasonable to play every day. PLO or hold them. PLO, almost all PLO. Wow. I play like, honestly, I played more hours of hold them on the stream than I do like in my personal life. Uh, we all just play PLO. Do you not like hold them as much as PLO? Not enough action. It's, it's sort of not enough action. I think I'm already bored at the game of like you know like a like a five carded board of poker you know that hold them is like the slowest of all the versions yeah, true and plo offers more variance so you can you like the variance you can the thing is that because of my attention span or whatever i can accidentally be dealt four random cards that will turn into the nuts come the turn i have the nuts you know so it's easier for me to accidentally get into a, to get into a winning hand with hold them what happens is like I use it like almost like a puzzle, right? Like I, it's not so much about what cards are dealt and what cards are out. It's about the puzzle of each hand. So it takes a lot of brain power. And with Hold'em, the puzzle is like, in a weird way, it's more it's more challenging to figure out, right? Because there's only so many slots. I would think you would like that. With with PLO, the, the each slot that the puzzle could fit is much broader. So I can say, does he have a flush more easily in PLO than I can in Hold'em? In Hold'em, it's like. He either does or he doesn't. How do I figure out if he does? In PLO, there's a way broader range of him having a flush if yeah. I'm not holding any spades, for example. Sure. So it allows my puzzle to be more easily solved in PLO than it does in Hold'em. Yeah. And it doesn't translate that well in Hold'em. So I find myself in hands that I shouldn't be in all the time. You dealt me like two random cards, very similar to Alan Keating, right? Mm -hmm. I think we have a, sort of a similar thought. Me and Alan talk a lot, all right? And basically we, our thought is like, Deal me any two cards. And if I can solve the puzzle of this hand against my one or possibly yeah. two opponents, right. I can win the hand. And it's almost like a brain game. It's not about like the win or loss of poker. It's not about like the overall win. It's not about, which is why, by the way, he's Mr. V-Pit. He just wants to keep solving this puzzle. He likes to play every hand to see if he can, you know, crack the code of this hand and this one player sure, this time. Sure. So it's not even about the money. Bro, if you ever saw me play a 5-5 game, bro. 
I am I get so livid in five five games, right? The first thing is that the stakes, even on Hustler, are relatively small in comparison to to my more my more weekly games. So the first thing is I come on there and I'm like, okay, we're gonna have some fun, but of course I want to make some money, even if I want 100k. It's yeah, so- because I'll tell you, Mickey, I've seen you be probably because of. Comp- being competitive, I'm not saying money, but I've seen you being a little bit on tilt when you've been up three, four hundred thousand, and then lost it all and been stuck two or three. Like you visibly were like, "Fuck." Yeah, it's, it's not about like winning or losing the money. I just want. I'm competitive. I just want to win that hand. Like I want to crack the code of that. Like I want to. Yeah, I, I want that puzzle to fit. You know, yeah. I want to figure it out. Do you have a flush? Do you have top two? Like what is it? You know, it's not. That's like you said. You know, I could be up four hundred thousand, which I have in a game. You know, on the show before, and I still can go on tilt. Being first of all, I don't know if you knew this. Uh, that there's one particular game I played. Um, I believe Matt Berkey played this game. Garrett played. Andy played. Gall played. Mm-hmm. I was not just the only profitable player for the. I, I oh, Phil, the I, Phil Ivy played. Yeah. I was not only not only was I just. Uh, I'm sorry. Not only was I the only profitable player for the first five hours. I also broke a record on your show. I was the biggest winner in your yeah. show's history to I, date. I remember on that. Yeah. Wait, and I don't know why, but uh, I think I know. Actually, I think I do know why, but I don't think that gets enough light. I I set a record on that show that day, and I was the literal only profitable player, give or take, for the first five hours. Right, right. And so I'm up all this money, and I still go on tilt because I'll play one hand and I'll get the puzzle wrong. I I will misread the situation, and then I'm pissed at myself. I'm like, dang. I, I should have realized that he was holding that and I was holding this. I should have made the call. I should have made the fold. I should have done something different. I get upset about it. It's not okay. So I was up four hundred thousand. Like, it's I don't want to like be disrespectful to the money, right? But this is not all the money that exists in the world, right? I mean that respectfully, but it's re- it's relative. I understand. It's relative, but yeah, I, I'm I pissed. I'm pissed that I made a, a mistake on that hand. That I should have I should have solved that puzzle better. Right? Was that was that the I don't remember what I was commentating once. I don't know if it was that show or not. And I remember, tell me if you remember this. And I remember because you are so unorthodox, I made the, I want to call it a mistake by being shocked and said something like, I don't know what he's doing. And you weren't happy with me. Yeah, that's that's true. I called Feldman about it. I was pissed. Like, what the fuck's his problem? Gal picks up Ace King offsuit, playing off a uh, two hundred thousand. You can see Phil bought in for two ninety, I believe. He's got the Jack Ten suit. This is the question I had asked you: Are we going to see flats? Are we going to see three bets? Well, there's a flat, a flat from the high jack. Yeah, that's that's a raising hand right there. Could be. Oh, look at this. Yeah, it's going to bring in Dylan on the button. That's right. Which is why you're incentivized to three bet in the middle there. Mickey here with sixes, also going to make the call. 3400. Best thing about COVID. We're going to see this multi multi way here. But Lucky here has put in a small. Well, not so, I mean, 4x 3 bet after a few calls, I would say that that's small. He decides to 3 bet out of this third blind here. And I got to tell you, I mean, Gal might put the hammer down here with a bunch of people calling to his left. I mean, what a spot to 4 bet, right? Yeah, it's almost uh, automatic. <laughs> Raise it up. Make it eleven thousand. There it is, and that's gonna drive out. This is gonna this is gonna isolate this down to possibly heads up with the sixes unless Lucky decides he wants to really put in the gamble. Well, how about Mickey making the call here? Yeah. And I said 
Yeah, I'm gonna I mean, isolate down. Oh, oh, Lucky says, I'm gonna try to get Lucky. Oh, it's actually three and a half X. Yeah, and we're gonna see 36K. Yeah, two, two calls here. So, four bet pot, multi way. Oh, wow. And a set of sixes here for Mickey on a monotone wow. board. Gal's got ace king with, with the ace of spades. Oh, guys, put your seatbelts on, please. And Lucky's gonna lead with air. Lucky's gonna get a rude awakening and have to just bail out of this hand very shortly. <laughs> so thirty-four hearts gonna bet fourteen thousand. What is Gal gonna do here with Ace King with the King of Spades and Mickey here? I think Gal is gonna raise this pot up. The top pair. Top pair with a nut draw. Don't see how he doesn't raise this pot and protect his hand a little bit. Well, you don't want to lose weak races though, right? I mean, I, I might do a lot of calling here, but there's obviously several ways to yeah. play it. We'll see what he does. That is true. Raise it up. There it is. Thirty-six thousand. You are right once again here, Nick. Thirty-six thousand. So fourteen and a, a small race here. And now over to Mickey. On this monotone board. I mean, obviously you have to be scared too of aces and queens, right? In a yeah, you do. Pot. Yeah, you do. I believe Mickey's going to flat here. Um, just from a lot of times, a few times I've seen him play, but I don't know. Ten seconds. We'll see. I mean, if he does flat, we're gonna have a gonna put in the time extension. We're gonna have a huge pot. We're gonna have like one pot size bet. Oh yeah. If he does flat. And there is the. You know how much you're playing? With the five uh, seventy more. Seventy behind, right? We lost lucky. Now he said he has seventy more. We have it at ninety-four on the graphics, but yeah, I think, he, I think he didn't calculate that right, because even looking at it, it looks like more than seven. Turn is a very, very big brick. I wonder if that'll be a factor in this hand, that Gull is not getting the right count. Well, 74 as opposed to 94, it's not huge. Yeah, that's true. I think he's going to shove. I really do. Yep. There's the shove. All in. All in. This is not a snap for Mickey. He's going to be in a lot of pain here. Spots for me. Yep. You cover me? Yeah. Yeah. What a tough spot. He's in the torture chamber right now. What do you think, Bart? He got a call, right? I think his, he got here this far. Yeah. And it's Mickey. He's just going to be in pain, and he's going to put it in, and he's going to wind his way either to a big pot or not. I call. There it There's is. There's a call. All right, two two calls. calls. You have flush. Two times. Once or twice. Whatever you want. Two times. All right, they're going to run it twice here for three hundred. I, I want to say before. Right. And ten thousand here, Nick. Gold doesn't want to say his hand. Gold needs to catch a spade that is not a deuce. That's right. Blank. Yeah, oh my that gosh. Does not do that one oh my gosh, a $310,000 pot that's going to go to Here Mickey. And another blank, and wow. Mickey's going to scoop $310,000 if the graphics are correct. He seems to think that he has a little bit less, but we'll see here in a second. It's uh, going to be right it's around 300000 Yeah, I think he says something like that. Yeah. I don't think, I think Gall's not going to be thrilled that it's not 70, but it wasn't going to change anything. 
60, yep. Uh-oh. Let's see what Gull has to say. Is this 90,000? Yep. Yeah. Although Gull should ask for an exact count if he really wanted it. It's not Mickey's obligation to give me the exact count. 93.8. I thought he had 70. Yeah. I just, uh, like... Quick looked and told you. Sorry. It's okay. Yeah, I do not believe Mickey's hitting the heights of 510. I don't think so, but I don't know. You're 411? I always see him sit. Garrett under the gun with a big duke, raised a 1,200. Mickey's gonna get involved. 4,000. And he three bets the four, five <laughs> offsuit. So Garrett opens ace-king off and Mickey from out of position goes to 4,000. So about three and a half X here. What do you think the eighth wonder is gonna do? Looks like he's gonna call, yeah. and they're deep. We usually don't see Mickey. I mean, Mickey's been on just a tear. Actually, it's a four bet. Excuse me, he four bets yeah, to fifteen thousand, <coughs> and Mickey snaps. Beat him in the pot. So four bet pot. Kids, bro. I respect that. Man. He don't. Wow, well, like Mickey's that. just totally whiffed here. Yeah, he's had nine all hearts. Whiffsville. Whoa, oh. look at this. We've seen I mean, this I love Mickey, but on a four bet pot against an aggressive player, this is this is a suicide mission. He's just absolutely, yeah, he's, he's, lighting, he's lighting some of these chips on fire. So a lead here. Do we have a clock in here? What time, yeah. what time is it? Definitely not something that Garrett is usually accustomed to seeing. He just calls. Nope, he's not used to being in this position. The only thing I'll say, Nick, is that is there ever a chance that if a heart were to come off and Mickey's continued to bet that Garrett might fall right here? Mickey's going to continue to Yeah, well, this isn't the greatest turn either for Garrett. His hand is getting tougher and tougher to play for him. And yes, if a heart comes, he could get off his hand. Yeah, one-liner out here to it's not jack. It's not shaping up right. Yeah, look at this turn card. One-liner to a jack here. King 10, 9, all hearts turns a queen. Garrett is good enough to sniff this out and to put the money in. Wow, River it's a blank six. So Mickey has absolutely nothing here. Yeah, Mickey's feet bombs here. Fuck, I should have bet. No, I have to play high. God damn it, go. What did you have when I bluffed the queen ten? What you have? Small pocket. Huh? Small pocket. Okay. I can't call. Oh, poor me. Wow. He's gonna bomb it. I think he might have announced 60. Let's see. Yeah. Yep. 65,000. Wow. I meant. I don't. What's the bet? 60,000. Whatever he wants. Is 60? I meant. I meant 60. I don't want to like. You're fine. You know, Just whatever you want the bet to be. Yeah. I don't want to like poor etiquette. Is. You're good, dude. You're good. Fuck. Oh, so many tough decisions against you've been wrong every time. Folded a bunch. <laughs> Called and was wrong. Fucking such brutal. Yeah. Let it out, Garrett. Why do I think he's gonna call Bart? 
Could be a wide read here. Yeah. You seem a little nervous now. What the fuck does this hand mean? I don't know. Now he, now he's trying to look calm. Yeah, a lot of time chips might be going in here. This is a really thin line here. It's like, would Mickey ever play a flop flush like this? Would he ever play just a jack like this? Remember, it's a four bet pot. He three bet out of the small blind and Garrett four bet and he snap called. Oh, he's gonna try to vape his way to a fold. You got it again, huh? <laughs> Fuck, dude. Every time you've had it against me. I feel like you got it again. Yes, everybody. That doesn't mean he's folding. Sometimes he switches gears right in the middle of the game. Man, he might be leaning that way, though. He doesn't look happy about this. This is, a, this is putting him in a tough spot, man. Tough damn spot. Can't win this hand, I don't think, either. Just gotta hope you have something like that. Well, I mean, normally you wouldn't think that someone would have, like, ace-7 off with the ace of hearts. sure what to do. Which is, like, the nut draw like unpaired. That, but... but we know that Mickey might even have that. Because he's, he's got a black 5-4, so... Yeah. Trying to get a hand read here is, is really hard. Well, Garrett is the master of making the right decision. And 60,000 isn't going to change his life. He's just trying to make the best decision as a competitor. Oh man! Oh! And he shows him! Woo! That's gonna leave a mark. Wow, Mickey Tricky. Garrett is very disappointed in the fact he made the wrong decision. I know him well. You want me to show? You could. All right. Thank you. Wow, Mickey. If you do or you don't, like, just, you know, I never mean to no, be rude. No, you can always show. It's all good, yeah. All right. He will take the information even though it's stinging. Why, could you beat 5-5? Five, five? I played uh, that 4-5 when I bluffed it off to Garrett. That hit was a lot of fun for me. Um, not only do I like 4-5, like, for me, that's, that's my range, but... When the, what I did was I, uh, I raised pre-flop, so I could easily be representing like really big strong cards. And so if the big strong cards come, like I still have a lot of motion for the rest of the, the rest of the uh, hand. But if they come small, I can hit my straights, I can hit, you know, two pair, uh, draw, stuff like that. So I'm really in good position with like small connectors like that when I'm, when I'm opening like pretty big pre-flop. The flop comes and it wasn't really my favorite, it wasn't small cards, it was actually like, King, Queen, Jack, uh, Hearts. Uh, so now I'm in what my represented range is, which could have been big hearts, it could have been uh, two pair, could have been a big pocket pair, could have been uh, straight. So I have all of these things to represent. And as I bet bet initially and opened after the, after the flop, I really got to like feel the range that Garrett might have been playing at. Um, and it didn't seem like overly aggressive, it didn't seem like super confident, so I felt that I had a lot of wiggle room. 
And once I committed to that, assuming that I did have one of those big made hands, there was no way to improve on it, which means my betting couldn't change. I had to keep barreling. I had to continue representing the story that I was playing. So no matter what the turn was, no matter what the river was, there was nothing that was gonna change about my betting patterns. There was like no, you know, change, there's just no changing it. So I just kept up with it. He kept holding on for dear life. Um, and ultimately, I still didn't feel strong about him. I was just trying to gauge his weakness and I had a four or five offsuit, didn't touch a single thing. I had five high ultimately uh, playing the board. And on the river, I have no choice but to bet big. I don't want to over bet because I think Garrett's the type of player that really wants to cling on to that. I think he's looking at the prize. Um, so I said, I don't want to over entice him to make a super donkey loose call. I want to bet just enough that he really has to consider it uh, based on his chip count, but not too much that it's like, it's worth a gamble because look how much I'll get paid off. So I bluffed him to four or five. I bet uh, my last bet on the river was 60,000 and he folded. Yeah, I was pissed. You know, I was like pretty early on in influencing and like being a public figure. Yeah. And you know, I'm in with like a lot of, you know, like pretty I understand. famous people. So so when I post on Instagram that, oh, yo, I'm going to be on this show, like watch me watch me gamble live. Yeah. The 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 people that are tuning in are really high value people and really right. like like for me, I was like kind of still starstruck that like these kinds of like a-listers are like literally tuning in on a friday night totally. or whatever to just watch me and yeah. root and for me you got me going what in the fuck's yeah. he doing and you're going yeah mickey bad move buddy did i say that like I that but it was something said. like was, that right you know, like, like basically like, like stumped yeah you're like in in very much nicer words you're like mickey what are you an idiot like obviously that's wrong <laughs> you know <laughs> and, then, and then you know i have you know like you know like whoever may be like you know yeah famous whatever well, you know what i remember like, most is when i reached out to you once feldman told me that you weren't like thrilled about it and i reached out to you you're very gracious like immediately we're very gracious i'm like dude i'm really sorry and you're like oh bro you know so it's I, totally I okay it was, and you yeah. know i think the moment that you said it was in this one particular part where the video got chopped up and that video which was um reposted has like a hundred million views on the internet oh shit sorry bro so roughly a hundred million <laughs> was it people. in there the comment yeah no, I'm so <laughs> it was like sorry. dead center like, i'm so sorry you know it's like a, it's all right it's yeah. Not, it's okay. yeah no i know i know you know like a hundred million people <laughs> hear right. this like professional commentator calling me a dummy well that's you know? where you're wrong i mean i'm not professional and if you ask anyone they think i suck so at least yeah. you got that going for you no not so good but you gotta think a lot of the people that Something interesting I did for the poker community, which again was an accident, was I brought a demographic in that otherwise would never have looked at poker, you know? Yeah. So there's like this joke kind of in the community that I made poker cool again. You know, there hasn't been a big poker boom since like 2008. And then I don't know if I'm, if I can say like I'm the reason. Like I'm sure that's way, way too big of a load for me to claim, but I think maybe I helped get. Uh, poker in front of people that never otherwise would have taken a look at poker. Yeah, that's really good for poker. Yeah. And, um, well, I'll tell you, you know, here's the good thing. <clears throat> the good thing is it doesn't matter what I said. The people that watch that show would rather watch you than me. They would rather <laughs> watch you than a ton of other people. And they always are. Even now to the state, I go into the chat sometimes. And I'm like, hey, guys, what's up? Smash the like button. They're like, hey, when's Mickey coming back? It's yeah. like months later, which, by the way, when are you coming back? So um, I may, I'm like 50% to play this 
Thursday. Is that with the Pearson group and them? That yeah, would be so, a good mix for you, bro. So it's it's Eric Pearson, Alan Keating, uh, me. I forget the I forget. Mickey. Get in there, man. This is the only thing, bro. So this just happened, and you know the you could see like the bone is still sticking out, and I see the surgeon the day before, which is Wednesday. Oh. And then to add insult to injury, actually last night we got into a car accident. We got hit by a drunk driver, pretty bad, totaled one of the cars. Wow. No yeah, shit. Yeah, just last night. when I texted you around like 1:30 a.m. Yeah. Uh, the accident had like just subsided. Oh, wow, so wow. I didn't mean to like lead you on or whatever. I was just busy. Then we were out. Then I got hit by this drunk driver last night and yeah, the yeah. impact was pretty bad. It, we were, uh, so we were driving the Lambo truck and, uh, uh, you know, I had the driver driving and I was sitting in there and I'm, and I'm here. So I'm, I'm, I'm on the right side of the, the, the truck and we took the impact, uh, from the left, but my buddy was sitting to my left. So his body flung from no, the impact. Shit. No being, belt. It was T-bone. We got T-boned by the drunk driver. Did he have belt on though? I doubt it. I, yeah, well, that's I, why he flung, yeah. Yeah, and when he flung, he, he landed into me, and uh, the, the pain was pretty serious. So I, I actually am going to call my surgeon. This happened just late last night. I'm going to uh, FaceTime with the surgeon after this because I'm a little nervous. When the injury first happened, yeah. we were supposed to do one of the surgeries, and a big concern is uh, internal bleeding or that it can hit into my throat because of where you know the, totally. the bone's fully broken off in the middle. So I'm in a lot, a lot of pain and like, I'm not sure that I could sit for 10 hours and totally. play like poker. I yeah. told filming that I said, I'm like 50%, but I got to see the surgeon on Wednesday. I'm going to FaceTime after this. Well, when I made the comment about just get there, I didn't know that. So yeah. your health is first. Yeah. Please do whatever's best for you. And you can always come back another time. Just make sure you're okay. Yeah. I was supposed to actually play, uh, this week now, uh, well, this week that just passed, I think Wednesday and Thursday, um, on another show. Uh, they told me to line up. I wasn't like that stoked on it. There's a couple cool players. I think Person was one of the players. I think Keating also was one of the players, but I think they were playing on off days. They put like other players in there. Andy, I think Andy's an awesome player. I like Andy a lot. Yeah. Um, he would have been cool for the lineup. Uh, I, I forget the names now. I know Matt Berkey was in there, to be honest. That's a huge deterrent for me. I'm not a big fan he, of Berkey. He was in, he was in where? Was one of the other shows I was supposed to play last week. But I had the injury. Oh, yeah, he played at the bike. Yeah, right. So I had this injury, so I really was like, I'm not supposed to be out of bed. Like, I'm supposed to like, really be chilling. And I was like, maybe. Like, I want to get fresh air. Maybe I'll play a few hours. And, like, sure. leave. and they sent me to line up, and Berkey was on there. And I was like, that's that really waves me in the in, the, in one in one direction. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, you I, do you know about the thing? Like, he, he and I have a thing? No. Do you know anything no. about that? I don't know yeah. too much about him. I know yeah. I don't like him. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, just so you know, I didn't. I didn't make him say that. Okay, <laughs> that's on you, bro. Well, what do you got? Uh, no, I don't got anything. I'm not going to discuss my shit about him. It's it, it's it's a nothing burger irrelevant. Um, I'll tell you mine if you want. I, uh, up, I, to I'm you. A, up to I'm you. Up to you. I don't care. I don't hey, even... you're here to talk, man. You want you want to say something? That's on you. That man is so low on the totem pole. There's no. There's no. I have no concern, right? I don't. Yeah. As a matter of fact, this is probably going to do better for his brand. Just me, Mickey, just saying his name than anything he'll probably ever do, right? <laughs> So I played. Oh with, my god! The I heat play, I'm gonna take. Go! I love. Yeah, it. No, I mean, whatever, I want man. you he to be you. Suck my dick, man. So listen to this, bro. Okay. So I, pl <laughs> so I play on this show, right? Okay, yeah. On your guy's show, and he's at the table, and he was one of the losers for the first five hours. I'm the only winner. When Phil Ivy was there, I'm the only winner. Yeah. Right? And he was there. And the truth is, we didn't really have much communication. Like he was like, whatever. Like I, I didn't necessarily like the guy, but like, like I had no reason to dislike him. Like I just. Was it, is this a vibe you got? Yeah, it just, it just wasn't my type of guy based on the judgments I was putting on him, right? Which okay. is also fine because you're not going to like everybody. I don't have to like everybody. It's okay. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but but okay. I'm like pretty polite. I'm a pretty nice guy. Yeah, and, you are. And like there's really no reason necessarily to, to like butt heads with me. I'm like pretty chilling, you know? 
Anyway, so some time goes on, and I'm looking at something uh, that came up when you searched my name, and it was a, a, a video, and they used uh, Adam22 as the thumbnail. And I'm like, oh, I've done a few interviews with Adam. Yeah, yeah. That's my boy, you know. I click it, and it's Matt Berkey talking trash on me to Adam on his own show, whatever his show's called, whatever his, his thing is. I don't even want to say the name. Don't We don't got to bring attention to it. But I can't remember it. Whatever the show's called. So he's talking trash on podcast? me. Yeah, yeah, podcast. he's got, got yeah. a podcast, whatever. It's just like him and some guys just sitting there. I, I tried to watch it. All they're doing is just sitting there talking trash. It's like it's like they created a show to just hate on other people from their community. Because Matt Berkey's whole community is poker. It doesn't go beyond that, that that I know of anyway. But again, I don't know too, too much about him. Yeah. But every experience I've had has been negative. So he has this show where it's like him and his buddies who are in the poker community. And their only objective is to talk trash on other people or characters in the poker community. Which is so like, you would think it's just so like backwards you know he should be supporting the community and getting support and like bringing it up but he's like he's sitting there is like i don't know, whatever i can't get the smirk off my face but you have no idea so just keep talking you keep going i'm just yeah i'm just gonna tell you what i got right that's no, fine it's fine so so he out of nowhere he like he and i this is we've never even like had a real conversation like outside the poker table and he starts talking about me that i have no ability to ever become a top ranking poker player and that i'm an animal or i'm some kind of like creature a beast or whatever and i'm thinking to myself Bro, you're a 50-year-old man that just started taking steroids. You must be a loser. I'm like, well, who, where do you get off? I was like, where do you get off, you know? And I'm like, this, this bozo. And I'm watching this thing, and I'm like, this dude's a clown. And I said, it's okay. Like, his living of existence will never, never, never compete with mine. We will okay. never be, like, in the same room yeah. by, by real choice, you know? Yeah. But, or let me say, by natural selection. He and I will never be in the same room. And that's okay. So I know that me saying his name now will be the biggest exposure he probably will ever have in his, in his whole life. And well, that's okay. probably have something to talk about now. So that's good yeah. for them. Yeah, but then it gets worse. So he does this. I don't, I've never spoken to him. I don't read, I don't have his number. I don't, not, none of that. No DM, none of that. But then after that, on his same show that he has on YouTube, he uses a photo of me as the thumbnail to get clickbait because I'm so hot on the, everybody wants to know more about me and see me, whatever. Yeah. He literally uses a photo of me as his thumbnail to a video of a video I'm not even in. Yeah. This is a different video. They don't talk about me. They don't show me nothing. I'm like, bro, how are you going to not know me? Then go and talk trash when I'm not even there. Right, like it's almost like being behind my back, but then putting it out for the world. All his fans are only gonna know that side, right? Which is not even—he just made stuff up. And then after he talks trash, go make another video and use my face clickbait. I'm like, bro. I'm like, bro. You're a grown man. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Well, Mick, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> let me tell you. Nobody on this planet is gonna believe that I did not prompt you to say that. I didn't even know we were gonna talk about Matt Berkey. Whatever. You're you're on the show to talk about whatever you want. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, when I mentioned earlier that somebody, because I purposely didn't mention the name, had that thing up of me with the meme that said that, that's yeah, trying yeah, to you're troll me, it's... that's him. Oh, and yeah, 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 that's him. Because him and I had a falling out because when Hustler went through the Jack 4 thing, um, I never really, I could just tell you this. Uh, the one thing that you've been saying and that I've been saying and I don't know if people think it's soft or if they think it's whatever sensitive, but it's just like, I don't understand the hate thing. I don't understand the hate thing. I, I, I even now, like that should be a, a, a stepping stone for me to just fillet him because of the things you say, because I have so many things to say, but I'm not going to say him <clears throat> because, uh, you know, I've been trying really hard to make that go away, even though he's putting up posters and making himself look like, you know, a child doing it and he thinks he's funny, but you know, that's fine. I have one made for him too, that I was going to put right here. And I've just decided against it because 
I just, I just don't want to do it. Yeah, I think I'm, you should. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do it. And so, I, I almost regret us even talking about it because like he's no, so irrelevant to to me in I got my it. life. Like, I got it. And it's just like I tried. I tried to reach out to him after. I made a couple mistakes. I put him on blast when he was he was um, he was coming after our show. And again, I never really thought he said anything that is, like it's free speech. You could say whatever you want, but he went hard. The his, Matt's delivery system is very pompous. It's very know-it-all and it's very dogmatic. There's no wiggle room. You can't it, you can't debate him. You can't argue with him. Well, you his statement is like the mm. word of God. That's that's how he's portraying it. I've yeah. seen it. It's and how he so portrays it. That was my issue with it. And because I was being pelted by so many things and I was under so much pressure, I fought back and I uh, posted something on Twitter because he illegally taped one of my employees um, uh, in a conversation that he used all that information on air. And so that was my issue. But I, I literally 15 minutes took it down because I realized that I did not want to do that. It was a fucking mistake. And I tried to reason with him. I tried to go on his show to make it good. He wanted to lean into it because he was being arrogant about it and wanted to get it out there. I agreed. And then I got just filleted and slaughtered by the, their whole crew. They're like a pack of hyenas. And, and, and it is what it is. And that's fine. Um, uh, but to your point, yeah, I, I and, and even if it's not Matt, I, I just it's like, look, there's some funny shit you can talk about on a show or a podcast and we could do friendly trolls or we could make fun of somebody if it's in good fun and maybe it crosses the line. But the constant fucking hate that that it's being put out by a lot of these influencers. And like when we went through this process, it, there was just so much nonsense. And um so I'm with you on that, and, it, and it's perplexing to me because, you know, I just don't get it. But, again, I didn't know you had that uh, experience. One time I, I mentioned it once, like on one of my on my most recent No Jumper interview. Mm-hmm. We were talking about that Jack forehand, me and Adam. Yeah. And I said something. He said, I was like, I was like you know, I, I, whatever I said. And then he goes, uh, but did you see Doug Polk's video? And I said, I can't take Doug Polk's video with any seriousness. Sure, you sure. know, I, And... I don't really like Doug Polk. I don't know Doug Polk. Let me let me make that really clear. Sure, sure. But watching his videos, he has great clickbaiting and great substance. But I think his videos are just only for the clickbait, and they're like really hard to get through. Maybe if you've like never played poker before, it's good the way he breaks stuff down. But for me, it's really just like yeah. terrible. So I'll give you and, yeah. Go and, ahead. But no, but then and then I, I just it was just inside of me. Like I never had a platform to like just to say I don't like somebody. It's fine. And I'll well, use it. And I, you're on my show. That's what I want you to do is just be honest about everything. So yeah. I'm not going to stop you. But, or... but this is what I'll tell you. I think that Doug Polk, um, uh, I think he's actually, well, Doug Polk's a great poker player. I don't think Matt Berkey's a good player. I don't, I don't think he is. I don't even, he's not even relevant. Is he using his own money yet? I don't know. I would say probably not. I, I mean, he might be. Of, I think he might be at this point. I don't. I, honestly, I have no idea his finances. I don't know any of that. But you know. well, I will tell you this. Let me say this about Doug, uh, and this is known because it was out there. So, I wasn't a Doug fan. I wasn't. Uh, I did not like some of the approaches that are being taken when it comes to being too dogmatic about somebody's reputation and. And he has such a big microphone that he would, you know, he'd slaughter people, right? And yeah. <clears throat> But I will say this. And one night at the WSOP, just some months back, I was totally hot. He was, it was when he was having the problem with the CoinFlex thing. He, he, um, that was one of his advertisers. He was taking a lot of heat, which he wasn't used to. What's CoinFlex? That's a Bitcoin thing. Bitcoin, and he just yeah. was a, and again, he's just a sponsor. Like, whatever. I don't even want to get into that because I don't have no judgment on it. I like Doug. And he was taking some heat on it. 
And, you know, Phil Helmuth always wore the Bitcoin hat and, yeah. and Doug Lith always gave Lithium Bitcoin. Yeah, he always what, gave him right. a bunch of shit about it. So right. I, I took a sleep chocolate or two and I was high as fuck. Yeah. And I was laying in the room yeah. in uh, Paris. And I don't know why I did it. I just put out a tweet about like trolling. Why troll Helmuth? Now you kind of know what it's like. That's why we should be careful. I don't know what it was. It was a little too aggressive. But there's no excuse. I don't back away from things. That is just the truth. And then I woke up the next morning to being just slaughtered by Doug. And he has such a following. It was like, you're the worst poker player in the world. You're this, you're something, you're an idiot, whatever. And I'm like, oh my God. And then I look at it. I'm like, oh, that was a little bit like, why did I proactively just say <laughs> yeah. that? Like, what do I care? So anyways, long story short, him and I made good on a call. We weren't really buddies. We just kind of like called the truce. Yeah. Just because it's best. We both run streams. It's like not worth it. And we just like, whatever. But then Doug came down to play on our show. Uh, I respect him for doing that, even after the Jack Four thing. And we embraced him. We brought him in. We showed him everything. And we got to know each other. And he made the statement to me. And this is what he said. He said, I had a totally different opinion, opinion of you. And now that I meet you, you're actually likable. And, yeah. and I like you. And I'm like, you know, I got to be honest, same. Like, I, I really like Doug Polk. And, and I will say this. Doug is, in my opinion, and I know, like you said, it could be corny, this. But I think Doug Polk is extremely talented when it comes to his business endeavors. Um, <clears throat> he's charismatic on the mic, unlike some of the other people we mentioned. He's very good at what he does. I just had a little bit of an issue on some of the attack stuff. But that's his business, and um, he runs a great stream. I support it. All his people are welcome at our place, and vice versa. He just uh, a couple of weeks ago said, hey, if you're ever in town, um, we're planning on – because they're reopening uh, – not reopening. They're relaunching their stream with a new technology and a new room, and so it's going to be really cool for them, and he's going to put together some bigger games. And I was saying to him uh, – he was saying to me, come and play. So we're totally good, And uh, but I just want to get that out there. But I understand what you're saying. It's like, why? Why yeah. are why is everyone saying these things? Like we're all part of the poker community. Why are we trying to tear it down? I mean, even like for me, yeah, we had an incident that needed to be dealt with, and we need to make some changes. Hundred percent. Oh, but it, why try to tear down something great that everybody loves? That's I, good for poker. It's really good for poker. You got to think like poker is like um, how do you say like. Like the way an indie film would be, it's like an indie sport almost. You know, it's like a small sport, small like population of like small exposure. You know what I mean? Like you would think like it's really good for the industry. And the thing is that if everybody was bigged up in poker, yeah, that means that everybody has more to take from, right? So let's say like you wanted to make a living off being a a poker podcast or whatever, right? The more love you give poker, the bigger the scene is and then the bigger the piece of the pie is for you to get. So it's if you can just all support each other, there's so much to go around. You don't have to be like the naysayer or like shut people out or yeah. you know. Yeah, I agree with you, man. Uh, that's like I said, I'm I'm kind of a very I communicate very well. I'm a fighter. I have a ton of things to say even on that note I'm not going to say them. Uh, I know this is I don't mean it to be sound passive aggressive, but like ultimately uh, even some of the people we we're talking about, like Matt's never went personal on me. I will never go personal on him. He went personal uh, on me for no reason. I, I, I'm just saying like yeah. my experience and, and I like was shocked by your statement because now it puts me on the burner again a little bit. Cause they'll be probably talking about you, but, um, whatever but, now, now he can use my photo for thumbnail with justification, yeah, <laughs> but I just, <laughs> yeah, for me, it's like, I just want peace because it's like, we're all here for the same thing. Kind of like we all love poker. We, we all have some kind of say in the poker world. It's just like, you know, I just, I regret, like, I'll tell you this. 
I found out who my friends were through this controversy. I really did. I found there were some people that I thought had my back that didn't, and and I found some people that I didn't know had my back and did. So there was a good pruning of it. But you know, for me, I I, I think it's unfortunate that happened to you because what the fuck have you ever done to anyone negative? I mean, let's just say, how about this? Let's say, how about this? Let's say you'll never be a great poker player. I'm not saying you won't. Mm-hmm. Understand, this is a, well, let's a, pretend. A, yeah, let's pretend. pretend. I'm the worst let's, poker player in the world, and you're and, always going to be. Yeah. But you're great for poker. People sure. want to watch you. You 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 entertain them. They're interested in you. Like why tear you down? It doesn't. And and even if not for that, why do that? You're a human being. Like why? What's what's the purpose of that? So those things don't com- compute to me. Not to mention, you're a fucking nice guy. Like so why? So uh, that's kind of what you're saying, right? Like why yeah. is this happening? It doesn't yeah. doesn't make sense to me. I was me. always nice to him. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I'm kind of nice to everybody. Yeah, you honestly. really are. I got to know you the last couple of times you played, and that's where I really became a fan. I became a fan of how night. I don't give a shit. How about this? I don't give a shit if everything you told me is not true. That would suck, although I believe you and everything because they're all proven. But even so, like, you're just a nice person, so whatever, man. Like, do your thing, you know? Fucking do your thing. And, thank you. And people are loving it, so, you know, yeah. they're going to love this show. Yeah, love thank it. you. You know, there was a hand I played uh, I was all in against Wesley. I had pocket jacks. He had ace queen. Flop comes queen like ten. Or, oh, it came queen jack. I'm because I flopped the set. He flopped top top right. Yeah. So it comes queen jack blank, and the turn is a king. And the dealer, who's like a fr- good friend of mine, you know, we like know each other outside the casino. I said to her, I said, "Don't you do this to me." And I said something. I was like, "I said I'm already getting my dick beat to shreds. You don't have to put a king on the turn. I don't want to sweat this one. Just let me win, you know." <laughs> and uh, they, this, they changed the mics. But what the dealer had said after, who's again a friend of mine, she goes, uh, she goes, uh, I, no, no. So the hand plays it's out not and on I my win. Show. Yeah, on your show. Oh, on my show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the hand plays out and I win. And I, I said to the dealer, I said, uh, don't take it personal. You know, I remember you, this. You know, and you, you felt bad. And then, okay. Yeah, what? because I was joking with her. She and I know each other. Like, you know, but I didn't, I just wanted to really, really make, you know, I'm trying to be polite. I just want to really, really make sure that she knows. Like, because the thing is, if someone doesn't know that me and her are friends and they're watching on camera, yeah, that's right. they can say like, oh, he was rude to the dealer. And the truth is, I, I'm really like n- never no, really rude, no. you know? Yeah. And so I didn't want her to feel that viewers were getting the wrong perspective. That's so I, right. So I dug a little more and I said, you know, like, I love you. I didn't mean it. I and, remember. Yeah. Lauren. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I remember, yeah. of course. And she, exactly. And she goes, uh, no, Mickey, you're the nicest player I've ever dealt with yeah. inside or outside of a casino. Like, you're you're like the best. I love you, yeah. right? Yeah. And as a joke, I said, can you say that one more time for the fans? Yeah, see, I, t- I, should, take your, I should take your advice on that and your lead because, you know, a lot of people that watch the show believe, like, I'm like a polarized personality and kind of a douchebag because of the trolling and all the stuff we do. But what they don't understand is it's like with Ludacris. Him and I are friends. Yeah. Like, we literally enjoy the banter. I only do that with him because we have that kind of unwritten, like, deal. Yeah. But I never do that to any players, any dealers, anything. So you were smart in doing that because you probably would have taken so much hate for being an asshole. Well, but I they did, don't get it. I did get some <clears throat> because they, like, took her mic off or she doesn't have a mic or whatever it is. Yeah. So they don't hear her saying, like, Mickey, you're the best player I've ever dealt to, like, in my life. And, like, I love you. And right. all. They don't hear that. They just hear me, like, you know, being like, don't you do that. Don't you put that king yeah, there. Yeah, 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 You know, yeah, yeah. and then saying, like, I'm really sorry. You know, yeah, I hope you like, didn't. what a jerk. What a bully. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did get some of that. But people don't know, like, you know, you had said earlier to me that I surprised you, like, how, like, cordial or whatever, yeah. you know. and. You're- and a lot of people that never met me don't know that. Like they don't see that. No, you know? you, you have you would come across as someone that like that dude's a dad. I don't like who the fuck's he. But but that's where it's like you should get to know somebody first um, uh, before you before you cast that judgment. Uh, do you 
do you, is the popularity that you've gained through all this influencing and all the attention worth it? Meaning worth it is, is the trolling and the hate and some of the things you get is, is the popularity still worth it? I would have to say the answer is obvious because if it wasn't worth it, I would just quit. Would like stop, I would just right? stop being fa- yeah. like, I'll just like yeah. stop being famous or whatever, you know, I just like, like delete everything. Yeah. So it opened a lot of cool doors. First of all, I got to meet a lot of interesting people that exist in the same plane of existence of me, right? Like a lot of them happen to be stars because if you're really, really good at your craft, you become well known for that. So I have this theory where they say it's lonely at the top, but it is, but everybody has their own pyramid that they're the top of. So if you're like the top, whatever in your, whatever your pyramid is, let's say you're, you're the best um, NBA player in the world, right? Well, you, you're com- the from people that you become friends with, you're friends with them because you're compatible with them, right? You have similar interests and, and what have you. So if you're the number one player of the NBA, that means you can't really hang out with the number two guy and the number four guy and the number 10 guy because you're just on different planes of existence, right? You're, they're not the same. You're not compatible. Like Kobe, who you can arguably say was number one, would wake up at 5 a.m. to work out before the workout. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He put in the work. So how can he hang out with a guy that wants to sleep until seven and only make the mandatory work workout? Like That's they're right. not right. That, that is, yeah. So what is that? What does Kobe have to do there? Well, he would have to go to like the NFL and find the number one NFL guy and say, "Me and you are the same. We both wake up at four a.m. to hit the gym before we hit the gym." You know, and so on and so forth. So I found a lot of people like that. Now I'm not like an athlete, but uh, some of like the top athletes, like you know, like me and Odell, for example, we had connected. I'm the top in gambling. He's like, for example, arguably the top in football. So he goes, "Who do I hang out with?" That's the top. And then I say, "Who do I hang out with?" The top. We connected, yeah. and we're like, we're boys. And same with you know, maybe it'd be Drake or Lil Baby or Key Glock or the Suicide Boys, whoever it may be. Like we're all the tops, you know. And so I met really cool people. They saw that there's another person at top of a pyramid that's like-minded to them. And they contacted me and they said, yo, I, I think we're compatible. Let's mm-hmm. see if we're friends. Well, yeah. And they say, you know, your network, your network is your net worth. And, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> let me be clear when I make the next statement, and I know you're like this, so you'll agree with this. We've talked, we've talked a little about this. I can't remember what the subject was, but you know, I believe like in life, everybody deserves the same respect. And what I mean by that is like, if just, it's somebody bringing me an iced tea, I will give them the same respect as I give somebody that is a multi-billionaire who whatever. Sure. I don't believe, I do believe in ranking systems when it comes to, who, because they say, you know, the total sum of who you are will be the top five people you hang around with. There are a lot of people you can hang around with and be associated with that will bring you down. And I've said before, if you put a positive person and a negative person in a room together for two days, they're both going to come out negative. There's a big thing about protecting your your brain and your mind and, and about wanting to go to the next level in life. And so you got to be with like-minded people that are in that same category. But now when you say that, or when I say that, that does not mean that like you don't love and respect anyone of any economic caliber or level or status um, because I'm a firm believer that because I see a lot of people that are that are you know that I that I know that are wealthy and have so much status and 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 I hate to say it and sometimes those other people don't exist to them and I think it's sad I agree with you you can't disregard anybody for for like their status or whatever yeah but this is what I look at it like I know what my interests are in life. Like I know, right? Right. I know what I enjoy doing. Right. So if I'm sitting on my couch with five, let's call it uh, um, unmotivated right. people, right? And we're sitting on the couch and someone has an idea what they want to do today. They'll be like, hey, I just got my paycheck for the week. We should go to the mall and blow it, right? Yep. That's what we're going to do. There's five of us. So even if I don't want to do that, and I'd rather be doing That's something right. productive. The yep. other four voted, oh, we're going to go to the mall and blow our entire check, right? Yeah. But if I'm sitting on my couch and I have five, four other billionaires with me, Nobody's saying, let's go to the mall and blow our week's check, right? What they're yeah. saying instead is, 
hey, I just came up with this new idea. Let's I think it's create. really good. Let's go create. Let's go build. Let's go do that. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I'd rather be doing is yeah, building That's who creating. you are. Yeah. And that's different because yeah. I believe in that too. I, I don't like surrounding myself with people that are going in a different direction because right. We're not well, compatible. I'm bored and not compatible. I'm yeah. not interested in it. And I don't want to do that. I don't right. want to even talk about those things. They're not interesting to me. What's interesting to me is, you know, how you beat like fucking Baccarat and yeah. like what that $50 million deal looks like and how it you looks nice for the record go do a fucking movie together like yeah. those are the things because I always want my trajectory to go up because I'm interested in creating I've always been in like an entrepreneur creator so that resonates with me but I just want people the reason I said that is I want people watching to understand there's a difference to surrounding yourself with people that you want to be like and that you want to keep going higher than disregarding a person that has chosen to take this path they they deserve respect that's right. all. That's I all agree. I'm saying. Yeah. And I know you would because I know you and I know how you are now. So uh, I know you would agree with that. Um, when it comes to poker, you haven't, have you put, okay, for, to be a top poker, okay, so this is where, let me ask you this, to be a top poker player, there's different levels. Like there's poker players that are popular on a show because of their performance, because of their style, because of their persona. And then there's, professional poker players that are crushing dollar wise okay that probably are going to have a tough time getting a seat on a show like mine because unless you're either really popular famous poker player that's really good or you're a good character and an action player right. those are the precursors right to get on a show you you can't just be like a killer poker player with no personality nothing right, else right. you're just going to come you're not adding to the you're game you're literally just so taking, my question yeah. to you is yeah <clears throat> Have you actually put in the work in the lab or do you plan to, to become a good poker player? Because like, I'll just say this, like I am sure that some of these, like I, I, I have no doubt that Alan Keating fucking knows how to play poker. But I also know that he has a rhyme, a reason, and a plan for everything he does besides just putting together the piece of the puzzle. Sure. So when he comes onto a show, whatever, he's doing him, okay? You got Eric Persons, who is I like. I interviewed him. I don't know if you watched that show. He's a great – I actually now consider him, like, not a friend, like we're buddies, but I like him. I, I, I got to understand him. I texted him this morning. I think uh, he and I have had uh, some prospective business together. So I know Eric really well. Oh, outside of a camera and outside of a poker table. Yeah. And I think there are certain perspectives of him that people will never understand. And, mm -hmm. but I do. And I got to tell you, like, I didn't like Eric when I first was introduced to his character. That makes sense. Uh, of course, course not. Of course. Uh, but as he and I got to know each other outside of a camera or yes, poker table, outside of that. the amount of respect I have for him and what he's doing, I don't want to explain cause I don't want to, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag. Cause I, I understand what he's doing, you know, and I don't want to, what he's doing in his poker career. <clears throat> building his brand yeah yeah okay. yeah is that what you mean I just, yeah things of that nature general, yeah that's what that i mean that's, that's sort of what i mean okay i'm not meaning we'll anything that. negative we'll yeah, that. i'm only talking about that i don't want to like you know let it out and then it like dampers what he's trying to do on that trajectory yeah, you want him to do it the way he wants to do it organically without a heads up right and i have to give him so much respect for knowing him actually who, like you know more so who he is versus than what everybody thinks he is i have to give him so much respect for being who he is and and then privately than being who he is publicly. I have to give him a lot of respect. And I almost wish that I, I did text him this morning, but I wish I called him and said, can I just say it? You know, because I have a lot of respect actually for, for the way he's handling it. Yeah, I get it. And I get what you're, <clears throat> why you're backing off that. But so, okay. So my point is, is this, I think Eric Person's a smart person. I know he knows how to play poker really well. Same with Alan Keating, these guys, but they put on shows. Even Eric will tell you if you're under like 40, 50% VPIP, you know, he doesn't want you in his game. I yeah. get that. Right. Yeah. Totally makes sense. Great for the show. Okay. But 
like what he did last week on the bike was a misclick. It was a punt. He he did something with the jack forehand. I don't think it was as much as as upset as he seemed to be. I think it was very methodical. It was just unfortunate he, he that might, Andy flopped top set. He, that's right. I think right. it was. I I think I know exactly what he was doing. And I, I don't it. think it was a misclick. Okay. Well, great. I'm not saying it was a misclick, but he wasn't bad maybe, timing. It was bad timing. Okay. Yeah. But I guess what I'm saying is like. How do you plan on a... I know you don't plan on building a poker career around being on a show, but what type of player do you want to be? Like, do you want to be the player that is playing like that or do you want to be the player that's no. really playing a winning formula? Because yeah. over time, Mickey, yeah. like those type of formulas are not going to translate into winning poker. There's just too much variance in it mm -hmm. and, and there's too many mistakes. So I guess what I'm asking you is who do you want to be? So the answer is very easy for me because yeah. I am I was already what I'm asking, 100%. Right? Okay. Do I want to be a character or do I want to be a winning player? That's right. Right. I want to be a winning player. I want to be a silent, quiet assassin. I want to be mm -hmm. uh, a top-ranked tournament player. These are like my design, my ideas, I right? I want to be that's not, I want to hold bracelets. I want to be not invited to cash games. Now, the reason that I think it's going to be different for me than it is almost any other poker player in history. I know what you're going to say. Is outside of the poker world, you know, people have said I'm like the world's most famous gambler. I'm already a character, you know. Yeah. No matter what happens, people are going to tune in to see me. So if I'm crushing and I'm bad for your game, Nick, you don't have a choice. You have to keep inviting me. I get it. Yeah. Um, you're invited. Yeah. You're invited. But will you change your game for the show and still stay a character and do things you wouldn't do if you wanted to be a complete crusher for the sake of the show? I can't control myself sometimes. Okay. <laughs> I can't control myself. I have yeah. to play, you know, some Jack Four-like hands. I just I can't control myself. Are you myself. putting the work in in the lab to become these type this type of player you're shooting for? Are in, you putting the work in? In Omaha. So in the short answer is in Omaha, yes. In okay. Hold'em. Only whatever filters out through the lab of Omaha, right? Okay. So, so there is I some translation. You can pick up a lot of the stuff. Yeah, there, there is like a big, strong foundation that you can that applies to any version of poker. But I'm studying PLO. That's where I'm in the lab at. Um, I think I'll always be a little bit of a character, even when I'm on the show, because I just can't control myself, yeah. you know. And it's fun for yeah. me and whatever. And uh, but ultimately, uh, I want to be a winning player with a winning formula type, you know, type formula. Okay. And uh, I'll always get the views. So I'll always be invited. I agree. Yeah. You're invited, my brother. And I hope your hope your heat thing heals your yeah, collarbone you. so you can get your ass over to our show next week. Yeah. Um, but if not, we'll get you next time. Uh, okay. This is transiting out of poker, and then I'm going to come back into it. I uh, just thought of it. <clears throat> so you have lived, lived a pretty crazy life, but you're straight edge. During that straight edge life, I think, and I could be wrong, did you not mention a lot of like sexual debauchery? Yeah, okay. uh, I had quite some. Um, I always was like a sexual deviant. I was always very sexually active and all of that. And uh, when I like went straight edge, like I needed like some kind of outlet. So I suppose I really, really pumped up the numbers, especially as I started becoming a public figure and uh, whatever. So there's like there's a lot of groupies around. Like I don't want to say necessarily my groupies, but mm -hmm. we'll say my friends' groupies, right? So my friends were way world famous. You I know, respect you know, how careful you are with. The, the brag, but okay. Yeah, yeah. there's when, a lot. I tell you what, if a lot of women see uh, stacks and stacks and stacks and you're like popular, it's just the way it is, bro. Yeah, so I went into that, but I will say this. Um, so I've had a girl for some time, for quite some time, and in the beginning. Yeah, so even current. And yeah. in the beginning, we met through like group sex, you know, like that was like the environment we met, you know, and it was like all love and fun and games. Like yeah. we were just with the wits, you know? And uh, some time went on and she goes, hey, I'm not really interested in that. I just want to be one-on-one, -on -one, but live your life. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to live my life. That's who I am. So if you're cool, like on this, like, 
I guess the non-nice way to put it is a one-sided open relationship. Okay. Right? It's a not nice way to now put it. Now or before? No, no, no. For, for like a decent mid, mid part of the so relationship. hard for her. And then I had this moment where uh, we did like this like, um, you know, little orgy situation. We started in like Maryland and then New Jersey and then Vegas and LA. Were we you tra- on an orgy circuit? Yeah. yeah, yeah an, oh my an, an, God, yeah. bro. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> It, it, okay. was, it was quite a right. quite a fun experience, but something that struck me during the time that we were in Vegas, we were, you know, having an orgy, you know, like just living our lives, whatever. And uh, all of a sudden inside of me, I said, I don't like the way I feel right now. Hmm. I said, something is making me unhappy and I don't know what it is. And I've been very overstimulated for like two weeks that we've been doing this circuit. And the thing is with like orgies, especially when you're traveling with a lot of the same people, like let's say it's like, let's say, let's pretend the orgy is 10 girls, but like four or five of them have like traveled a couple cities with me. You have to, uh, so when you're in a relationship, even like a, a not like a platonic, even like me and you, right? If me and you travel together, I have to adhere to some of your likes and dislikes and you, some mine. Yeah. You have to adapt to being around a person. Yeah. Right. So imagine that you have to adapt to five other people 24 hours a day at all of your most vulnerable times. Yeah. It's like having your business partners all over again. Exactly. It becomes really, really difficult. And I thought maybe that's what it could be. So I walked out of one of the bedrooms that we were like, you know, hooking up and whatever. And I called my girl and I said, Hey, just so you know, like, this is what I'm doing right now. This is where I've been for two weeks or whatever. I don't like the way this makes me feel. Are you down? Like if I cut all these extra women and just me and you are full on, like I'm going to give you my full attention and I want to see if that makes me feel better about myself. And she's like, yeah, of course I'd love nothing more. Like, awesome. Like, why would she say no? You know? Yeah, totally. And uh, so we've been doing that. It's been like, I don't know. Like, Do you feel 10 X better? Five X. I, I want to give you an easy answer, but yeah. the truth is there are now new relationship hurdles. She and I have, right? Cause now I can't just, avoid a conversation and go go out with a different girl now i have to face her one-on-one <laughs> right. so i feel things are easier in the sense of there's less external work but not easier in the sense of internal work because now i have to really really make sure that she's being treated the way she needs to be treated and and is she should, worth it and well that's that's a question i ask myself all the time and i would say i i believe so but are I, you a, in love uh, for sure, I, I definitely love her. I'm in love with her. I love the girl to death. She's yeah. like 90% the absolute ideal, perfect person I can ever hand create. But there's 10% here that she and I both are working on. There's certain things she does that agitate me. And I'm like, hey, I need Mick, to- you know that's going to be with anybody. I uh, No, dude, I promise. I give you my word. I don't care where you go, what you do, and any girl you're with, if you ever want to be monogamous or whatever version of that you want to be, your 90-10 is a winning formula, bro. You just have to put in the work. That ten just is so blaring. But you're in my not going to get. You're not going to get a hundred. You're not going to get ninety eight. I'm telling you right now. Ten is, ten is a win. Don't fuck it up. Ten is a, ten win, is a win, bro. <laughs> oh yeah, you could sell that for fifty million. That's for sure, bro. I'll tell you, she's so goddamn hot. I got to be honest. She's we, so can I, hot. Can I? Uh, because we're, I'm going to put a couple clips up. I'm going to yeah. put a clip up of the hand where I troll you and then yeah. I had to apologize. This is just me thinking now. Yeah. I'm going to probably put a clip up of somebody that was saying those things about you. I'm just thinking of doing that. And then can I put a picture up of her? And it's like, and say, or is that the private I, part of your life? It is private. Never posted. I won't like put I've her never... name. Just like when you say she's so fucking hot, I just pop it up or no. Let me think about it. All right. Let we'll me think, think about, about it. it. All right. Yeah. If it doesn't pop up, it's because he said no. Yeah, that's people. fine. Because All I've right. never put her out there before. Like I up to you. Yeah, yeah. That's like one of the things. Like my age and like my name. Come on, like, man. Like Let's see what this things. this chick looks like, bro. I'll I'll definitely at least show you. I know. I, I'm gonna see it after. Yeah, I'll probably yeah. see all the good stuff bro, too, right? You're gonna show me the good stuff. I'll show you, bro. Yeah. She's so oh, yeah. goddamn hot. All right. All right. But anyways, um, yeah, dude. Ten. I'm telling you, like the grass probably is. If you love her that much. 
I'm just going to tell you this and you dig it and you just like, you just said all the things you said because you kind of like really smiled when you did it. So I know you mean it. Dude, don't mess it up. Don't be that typical guy that goes, oh, I need my freedom. I got it, whatever. Because I'm telling you when you get in that other one and it's like 25%, uh -huh. you're going to be sick <laughs> and she's not going to take you back, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So just be careful. Yeah. Yeah. It's Thank not you reality for saying based. That. Yeah. I mean Thank it though, you. too. I really mean it. Yeah. I believe yeah, yeah, you. I believe so, you. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see here. Do you want a family someday? Yeah, uh, I do. Uh, I have a son. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That was, that's, you know, I try to keep my family kind of private. Yeah. Um, I have a son. He is um, 14, 15 months old now. He's 15, he's 14 and a half months old. Uh, and he lives in Las Vegas. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You see him? Yeah. Good. Yeah. I was just with him uh, last week. I was out in Vegas. It's a different uh, feeling when you finally have someone that's your own, your own kid, isn't it? It's a yeah. special love. It's really interesting. Um, I was not, I don't want to say not prepared, not like that, but I wasn't um, like conditioned, you yeah, know, to, to be ready to, to, I don't know how to handle a son. Like, I don't know, like yeah. I'm still learning the do's and don'ts, you know, it's just love him. Yeah. 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 All the rest comes into play. Now I know this is a bad transition to go from your son, how much you love him, but I forgot to ask you a couple of questions that I just thought of. Um, if you're willing, like you didn't want to tell the people your, your, your most, coveted secret drug recipe because mm -hmm. it's too much is there like do you have two questions do you have like something in one of these because uh, these circuits you went on that is like the most bizarre thing that's ever happened that you could talk about sexually with these with all these girls and do you have a particular fetish that, okay, no, that so, you're not embarrassed to tell us because so it's the, the kind of shit people want to be asked they don't want to like most people that interview people they're so soft and they just don't dig I like yeah. to dig all right, so the first question is, like, the most bizarre thing i ever seen. Yeah, or did. That's like, whoa. I had one one time. This wasn't in an orgy, but um, I had one that me and her did a lot, a lot of – we had to push a lot of limits to figure out what we like and don't like. And um, one time she uh, – this, this, people are going to hate this one. Uh, <laughs> she, she ate my feces one time. <clears throat> just, oh, my God. Just to, That's her idea? It was like a mixed idea. The thing is she liked being controlled and forced to do things. You know, like that's what she wanted. You know, like that, like the CNC, So you took right? a dump in her mouth? No, it wasn't, wasn't quite like oh, that. Oh, God, bro. I'm sorry I asked. Go on, a, though. Talk, I, keep going. I'll tell you, like in the orgy thing, not that this is bizarre, but there's like a common thing that was pretty interesting. There were so many girls that I know from all over the country, all over the world, but mostly in the country, that couldn't make it, right? So they'd say, hey, can you video me during some of the sex sure, debates? Sure. So we'd put like a giant group uh, video call so all the girls that couldn't be there can at least watch us bang the other girls. So that was like a pretty common thing. Uh, one time, this I have a cool memory. This I actually took a screen grab of it. One of the girls that was in the video was out in public and she just stripped butt naked and just started playing with herself. And she's like out in public around all these people. But it's like while she was watching the rest of us, wow. like being these other girls. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So she was like one of the little squares on the screen, like watching us. And she was stripped naked. That was cool. So the second question is, what's the Mickey fetish that people would go? Are you kidding me? Do you have one or is it just you're just basic straight stuff? Definitely not basic straight stuff. Yeah. I love um, I, I think the reason that I like group stuff is because I love is it, I really don't want to keep giving the image of like this, like wild, crazy this is in sex. Your past. It's just, it's, a, just a, fantasy. it's a fantasy. It's a fantasy. Right? fantasy yeah. it, it's the concept of the fantasy, right? I like good girls, right? Like in real life, like if you're a sweet, bubbly, adorable girl, like like you, you know, woman, that's what I prefer. I prefer sweet women, right? Yeah, yeah. In their insides, you want them to be really sweet. Yeah, nice loving girls, and loving. caring and, yeah. and just nice. Um, 
But a sexual fantasy is I love sluts, right? So I think that's part of the reason why I love gangbangs is because I can take one girl and just pass her around and just, right. you know, she'll just suck off everybody and like just for the team and like, but it's yeah. out of love. It's not like at a disrespect to the girl. Like, like we're not, you know, we're not like gangbanging or like, oh, if you do this, I'll pay your rent. And if you don't, like you are going to go homeless. It's not like this. I got to love, like I love sluts. So I love like public stuff. And I think it, I think the public stuff feeds off that same concept. What's, what do you mean by public stuff? Uh, voyeur stuff? Yeah, public voyeur nudity? stuff. Like, yeah, public nudity, voyeurs. Like, I love yeah. when girls are just out there naked, yeah. just yeah, living, yeah, yeah, you know, being yeah. in public like naked, being seen, stuff like that. Because I think it just feeds into that, like, really, like, slutty sexual you know fantasy. The heat you're going to take from the feminist group and the heat I'm going to take for posting it. Yeah. Well, I'm a huge feminist. I'm a huge feminist. Um, I support, well, yeah, I support women fully. I think that uh, they should pay half of all of my tabs. I think. <laughs> oh my God, dude, you're setting me up for disaster. I think women should start opening my car door. I think women should fly me on vacation. Um, dude, you're killing me. I think they should go topless as much as guys go topless. Right. Right, yeah. So you're looking, you're equal. I'm a hundred percent equal opportunity. Yeah. I believe they should vote and uh, I believe they should be able to drive cars just like men. And, you know, unfortunately they're not so talented in that department specifically, but you know, I believe it. I'm a feminist. hundred percent equal sweating over here, bro. I'm equal. Right. It's a hundred percent. Yep. Uh, well, that's good to know. That's but, good. But all know. jokes aside, I do love and care for women. Like yeah. I care for all women the same way I care for men. Like I, I really do. I care for just a human in general. Like totally. Uh, but I do have the, you know, certain sexual fantasies like in that regard. Like I that, totally understand. Yeah. Well, you know, the difference between you and all the people you're being honest. Yeah. That's just the truth. There's so many people that have so many things and skeletons and in, in ideas and fantasies and they'd never talk about that. I mean, so kudos to you for at least doing it. Okay. Transitioning. That was really interesting. Transitioning if for you. My son to fetishes. Yeah. What's next? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> After fetishes, this is pretty tame. Uh, at the end of the day, if you could just take a magic wand, which you probably have because you have all the resources to do what you want. What's the perfect dream life personally and professionally for you? If you could make the most money you could by doing something you love, if, if that thing couldn't even create one cent, what would that be though if it could and what's the perfect life professionally in business? So I'm already working on that. So I'm at the point in my life where I don't do things because I have to do things. I do things because I want to do yeah. them, right? And I want to help people. I like helping people. My life was only saved and built. I only have what I have today because somewhere along the line and tomorrow marks seven years, somebody else reached out and helped me. So um, there's like kind of two interesting facets, like two facets that I'm, that I'm doing actively in my life. The first is I started this foundation where I offer this service totally for free to anybody in the country. If they're struggling with gambling addiction, mental health, like depression, anxiety, if they're struggling with drug addiction, alcoholism, eating disorders, uh, total free service. I don't care like where you're from. I don't care how much you got or what you don't got. Well, how do you provide the service of those okay. things? So if you go on Instagram, I started a page. It's called Shaken Hearts, right? S-H-A-K-E-N-H-E-A-R-T-S. You send a DM to that page. When you send a DM, uh, the but it basically, you'll, you'll receive some, a link, and you click the yeah. link, and you fill out some basic information. Your name, your cell phone number, where are you from, and you click, like, what is it that you struggle from? And when mm -hmm. you submit it, it goes to one of my volunteers, right? And mm -hmm. the volunteers are then doing all the legwork to find you. So you've put together resources to help in these particular areas yeah, to help people. totally for That's free. That's pretty yeah. cool, bro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, the goal is just to help as many people That's as we really can. Awesome. Yeah, and, and if anybody, I don't know which camera to look into, I'm going to look here. If you're struggling or you know someone's struggling, whether it be gambling addiction, mental health, like depression, anxiety, Anxiety, drug addiction, alcoholism, whatever it may be, please reach out to Shaken Hearts, send a DM, and, and I got you, man. Like, I got you. That's really cool. Shaken Hearts. Yeah, Shaken Hearts. Cool. I, I dig that. And I'll tell you, there's the second part that's maybe a little more entertaining to hear. Yeah. So I had this idea 
Um, what happened was kind of early on when like a lot of these like big hip hop artists started following me, all these kids would DM me like, yo, can you put my song on your Instagram story? And the truth is I own, I'm not like a whore. You can't buy and sell me. Like you're not gonna, you can't wave a couple of bucks in my face. You can do things from your heart. Yeah. If, I, if I'm not driving, it, it ain't gonna happen. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, a lot of them I would message back like, bro, I gotta be honest. I don't like your song. Like I'm not gonna play it. Right. Mm -hmm. And the messages kept coming and coming and they start offering money. And I'm like, what is going on? Why? And then I realized, so if I just play one person's song one time and one of my, you know, big name followers mm -hmm. likes that song sure. and asks me for that kid's info, that kid's yeah. whole life's going to change. change. So I said, well, what's a way I can use this to really help people? Like, how can I really like make this efficient? So I put out a video that I had this intention on taking like up and coming athletes, up and coming entertainers, comedians, musicians, rappers, artists, producers, whatever, and trying to find a way to put them in, in these meetings, right? I cannot put... You know, a kid who's in, uh, I'm going to make this up, a kid that lives in Spain and he's really good at, you know, like American football. Like, I can't just put him in the NFL, but I can get him a meeting with, like, a lot of coaches and a lot of team owners and stuff like that yeah. or, or, or scouts, you know, and they can kind of take it from there, a little lift. So I put out a video stating I have interest in this. And in the video, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to do it. I don't know if I can figure it out, but, you know, I'm going to work on it. What happened was, um, ever heard of uh, Blackstone? Blackstone is a, uh, hold on, time out. Um, uh, comp uh, you could do a fund. It's a, uh, I can't think of the it's name. One of the biggest companies in the world. Yeah. They, they own like the most own, amount of real, real estate, estate in yeah, the whole planet. Yeah, Blackstone. They, yeah. they basically do funds. They buy real estate and they take investors and they buy rentals. Yeah. Right. You're one yeah. of the most powerful companies on the planet. Hedge fund. Right. Yeah. So a couple of the executives actually follow me, like fans of mine. And one of them reached out and he said, Hey, like this is who I am. Here's all my credentials, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. He goes, we're creating a division. Uh, so I don't know if you know this, but the NBA is expanding. They're adding a team to the NBA. I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't know if I was supposed to say that, but I said it another time. So it's already no, really out there. No, no. So the what, NBA is what city? Las Vegas. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Wow. So a division of Blackstone is the one that owns the new team, which is Las Vegas. They also own mm -hmm. the stadium in Vegas. And they said, hey, can we make you CEO of the of like the sister division? Uh, because that video I posted, mm -hmm. they said, we have that same idea, but we don't have the resource. We're not out there. We're not, you know, we don't have a public fa a figure. We don't have like a, an ambassador, a brand ambassador, however you want to say it. Yeah. They, we don't have those connections. We just have all the money in the world that will ever be created. So we're going to buy these relationships, sure. but you have them. So can we partner? You could be CEO and you, you'll like continue doing the outreach and the marketing. So we can put the money behind you to get the people all over the wow. world. And we can, if they're in the, if they want to play basketball, we can fast track them theoretically to the NBA because we also own the team. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I found a way to help all these up and coming people. The thing with that is like so many people with real raw talent will never make it for various reasons. One, they have to quit early because they don't have the money. Yeah. They have to go get a job instead yeah. of pursuing their entertain or, you know whatever totally. it may there's be there's a ton of people out there that could be really famous right right and the ones that let's say that's not even the main issue the other is they will never get the phone number of the owner of the raiders mm -hmm. for example they'll right. never have it right but if i can just make a little quick group chat and say yo you should check this kid out you know and then they figure the rest out like i just changed and saved i just made that whole kid's life you know i, I could change oh, a totally, life that way. bro yeah so that was my concept behind it they said we have the same concept but we have the money and and we want to give you the money and you do it so those are like the two things mm. that were like kind of ideals They're, they both allow me to help people while still making a living so uh well this one helps me make a living you know if, if it plays yeah out, yeah but of course yeah so that's, those those are the really things. that's really great man i right. dig it i really really am impressed with it um <clears throat> here's here's my last questions for you unless you have everything anything and that is 
Is there anything you want people to know about you that you don't think they know? Or when you're gone, what do you want people to know about you or remember about you? And if you have any final thoughts, it's the mic's yours, man. Okay. And 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 That's I know so I put heavy. you on the spot. I know it's heavy, and we didn't plan any of these things. So just just come from the from from the hip. That's so heavy. Yeah. I would just like to create something that a long time down the road, people are still able to utilize. Right. Got it. Well, you got some things that are in motion that look they're pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to say before we wrap this bitch up? Uh, for no reason at all, I just want to shout out this page called Funny Degenerate. Okay. I, okay so check this out. It's like it's the, Instagram? Instagram. It's like <clears throat> the fastest growing meme page, but it's gambling specific. Funny Degenerate. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny, this page. Donald Trump Jr. follows this page, and he actually DM'd the Instagram page. And it's my boy who owns the page. DM'd him and was like, love your content, keep it up. That's awesome. And it's just like the most savage memes about gambling, big booty Latinas, and like doing blow, right? You mentioned you love making memes. I love memes. I love memes. I really just want to be funny on the internet, to be honest. Like, if I can start my brand over, yeah. I would completely avoid this. If you can make a bunch of money and maybe even do something, whatever, you would just love to do that. I just want to make memes. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I, I have like a really vile... Um, just like a flagrant, just like disrespectful sense of humor. I have like a really, really vile sense of humor and it's vulgar. And it's so hard for me to portray it, especially because my brand is like not that, right? Right. And and uh, do you ever take any heed into the fact that if you want to be a CEO of this company or do this or do that, that you have to like so, maybe start watering your shit down yeah. just because they might have to back away from it, bro? So a lot of these deals that came my way, like, like this one, they say, you know, they say, like, hey, you have to like, be political like you know if you're yeah, gonna be a ceo that's what I mean. or, you have to get yeah, shit together yeah they're like you know we're putting so much a few brands like we're putting so much money into this on tens of millions like you gotta calm down calm down yeah and i and i have a lot of trouble crossing the line so i try to keep the comedy off my main page like i really try hard <laughs> but it's really challenging <laughs> so what people don't realize is like only the people that really know me they know that i'm always trolling like like all my stuff's real you know like it's all serious but like low-key bro the sense of humor i have like when you went from sun to fetish Bro, this is like the most like vanilla. Dude, I know it is. Like, I know this is vanilla. I, yeah, you know. I, like, I know you're. I know what you're doing and not doing and why. I get yeah. it. So I'm just trying to get as much out of you as we can get here for you yeah. to still not lose all your endorsements. You yeah. know what I mean? Or whatever. Yeah. You sit on a lot of boards for companies? Uh, or? So currently, no. But that's oh. a lot of the conversation. Honestly, that's a very long process. It's not yeah. so easy. It's not just like, hey, kid, you want to be on our yeah, board? Yeah, because you mentioned it's, to me there's some people asking you to be on their boards, right? Yeah, there, there are some boards that um, I've been invited to have a seat at right and it's a very long process mm -hmm. um the, there's two main portions of the process i found so far first of all i'm not experiencing that i never sat on a board right yeah so i'm learning uh my, i feel like this my whole life i feel like i'm learning how to play basketball in the middle of a lakers game right like i'm dribble i'm learning yeah, how to yeah, dribble yeah. for the first time yeah you're learning yeah i'm learning as i go so uh i don't currently sit on any board to answer your question but this page funny degenerate it allows me an outlet for like comedy man they're so that's, savage that's cool so we've been creating memes me me and me and the guy who owns the page and uh posting the memes out there and they're like going out for like donald trump jr is literally watching he gives you the ability to post yeah bro he i do anything i want bro so i i sent them a photo <laughs> i sent them a photo last week of me naked and i have like i think it's like a quarter million dollars covering my dick in cash yeah. so you I'm, could have probably covered it with like about 50 ball but <laughs> <laughs> uh fun fact about fun fact about me that i've, I've yet to get to say this i have a huge dick right <laughs> This guy's off his mind. I love it. <laughs> you want to show everyone? I mean, I'll show. I don't know if you can put it on YouTube. But Go I'll, ahead. Show I'll him. My dick out. Hold on. Show him. Show it's, him. Show it's him. also pierced for the record. Okay. Show everyone. So it doesn't look good. No, no. no you flash it. I get it. But, and it's pierced. Yeah. <laughs> I have a huge dick. 
<laughs> Can you blur it? Okay. <laughs> sure. So, Dude, if you are the number, you're going to be the number one show. I'm telling you, people are going to love this. You're out of your fucking mind. I mean, and I, I dig that about you. I have a big dick. What are you going to tell me? <laughs> hey, you, you stuck the landing, bro. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what I did was, so I listened to this. So for funny degenerate. Did that just happen? So, you know, you know what the uh, uh, club marquee is in Vegas? <laughs> I can't think. And everyone's going to say, I can't think because now I'm aroused. It's not true. I can't think because I'm shocked. All you're thinking of is my dick. I just, yeah, I can't get it out of my head now. Okay, go ahead. No, the marquee. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck you're talking about. <laughs> so there's a club in Vegas. It's in the Cosmo. It's called Marquee. It's on like, a, it's on like one of like the mid floors of the tower. Yeah. And the thing is, they used to give me the villas there. And the villas have three floors in it, really beautiful. And they have a backyard. And the backyard, when, you, when you're sitting in my backyard in my villa, there's a gate. And when I open the gate, I'm in Club Marquee, which is like right. a pool party, day club, yeah. nightclub thing. Yeah. So one time uh, I was standing on like my second or third floor balcony and right. I was butt naked. I took a quarter million and covered my dick yeah. and Ian took this photo of me. So the whole club is behind me and I'm just yeah. butt naked with a quarter million covering my dick. <laughs> and uh, so I sent funny, I created the meme and I sent funny degenerate that photo with a couple other funny ones. And it says, um, oh, dang, what did I type? I typed, uh, I put... Um, I had to get my dick circumcised just so I can get to the cheese. <laughs> and he put, that was this week and he just posted it. Oh my God. Well, th you're going to get a lot of followers probably now too that are going to go there and uh, follow. So that's good. Yeah. Listen, man, I think we've <laughs> basically have covered it all. Yeah. If you know what I'm saying. You've seen it all inside and out. I've seen out. it all inside and out. He, I, this is, hey, listen, uh, you got anything else? No, no. All right, man. I We're good. <laughs> Oh my God, I just can't believe that happened. This is the fucking best job ever and I don't even get paid. All right, this is the Nick Fertucci show. I am Nick Fertucci. I'm here with Mickey. I'm here with Mickey. That's all I could tell you. <laughs> Envy out.